Oddities, late night movies with Rob, Ben, and Zach. This is a podcast about cinematic oddities, where we discuss any media that is too bizarre, abnormal, or off-kilter for contemporary audiences. Occasionally these projects gel, most times they crash hard into the realm of obscurity. Join us as we delve into the cult classic Swamp. I'm Ben. And I am told the same. So I've been told that you're Ben before. So, oh, nice. Just so you know. Yeah. Just so you know. I want. I figured. You know. I'd let you let you know that uh, you tell me that every time we talk, and I'm. I'm like, oh, I've, I've heard. Oh. I've, I've, I've been told the same. <laughs> you're like, I don't need to hear this anymore. I don't know why you're telling me. Should, so, should we start with like the the terrible news that that there was uh, like a something a bad batch of spinach, bad spinach, bad lettuce, bad airbags. Yeah, they had peanut, to do peanut butter, right? That happens to peanut butter. Yep. yep Definitely. Yep. I feel like I've heard that. What so else? What's it, what's it called when when all this stuff is bad and you have to like throw it out or give it back to the company and they you have know, to No, Ben, pay. I can't I I don't know exactly what it is, but I am trying to recall what it is cuz I feel like oh. I know the word. But okay. I just can't quite get it. I well, you know, I wish I wish you the best of luck. I I don't know that I've ever known it. But if you do manage to recall it, I would definitely uh <laughs> Definitely be happy to hear it later. Uh, is it is it total? <laughs> uh, total. That's it. That might be total. It. That actually yes. Sounds, yes. A peanut butter right. total. Yeah. A, uh, um, an airbag total. <laughs> I know. I've heard that. Before. Okay. You think we've lost everybody? <laughs> I, you know, I I was planning on not having an audience for this episode anyway. So. Um, is, is that, go. thanks is for that, entertaining that terrible joke. Is that because, are, were you planning on not having an audience for this episode because of something that you were, you know, trying to do to keep the audience away or because of the movie we're discussing? Uh, oh, oh boy. <laughs> I'm not going to be that negative on the movie out the gate. Oh my God. That's right. We are covering, um, this is the series of Ben's favorite directors. That's uh, right. And so we have Ben's third in his favorite director's choice. So yes, of course, Ben is gonna yes. um, very much, you know, bow to the to feet of this movie. <laughs> That's right. This movie was definitely directed by somebody that I am familiar with and or aware of. One of your favorites. One of your fan clubs, right? Uh, almost certainly. Is this one a full fledged yes. fan club, or is it a like a just a newsletter? Like, do you do full on fan club for all of these directors? Because that's three different fan clubs now, and you're running each of them like same full time. Yeah, why wouldn't I? Where do you find the time, Ben? Where do you find the time? <laughs> uh, well, I, I, uh, you know, every once in a while, I just get it injected into my mind that I actually did those things, and I don't do them. So I just feel like I did. Mm, so you're lying to yourself and everybody else. I, I guess. I mean, I guess it depends on what you mean by lying, because my brain believes it. So I don't know. I think I think you're lying to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we are here to talk Total Recall in Ben's favorite director's series. No, it is the remake <laughs> series. Uh, way back when, we have uh, covered the original Total Recall, the 1990 version, a Paul Verhoeven movie, a very good movie, Arnold Schwarzenegger as well, uh, in one of our earliest episodes on the pod- uh, podcast. And that's a great movie, uh, the original Total Recall. I'm certainly going to have some uh, comparisons uh, because that was before Ben was involved. We covered that one uh, between the original and this remake. But Ben, I got to ask you. We got to start just to lay the groundwork. Uh, have you seen the Arnold Schwarzenegger Total Recall? I have not seen all of it. Oh, okay. So you've seen some of it. I've definitely seen up to the point the parts that where, weren't recalled, right? <laughs> up to the point where Laurie is trying to bang Arnold Schwarzenegger to be a distraction okay uh, which is pretty early in in the movie if i remember right but i had i had to leave the location that it was uh airing because 
of a minor dispute with somebody about a dog. This it sounds like a... A fu- it gave me a funny look, and <laughs> I just couldn't have that. <laughs> this sounds like a major dispute. Well, you know, I was trying not to not to put people on blast or whatever, but yeah, it was pretty bad. This sounds like the police got involved. Definitely. This sounds like you went to trial for war crimes. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say that, but yeah. Okay, so with your answer to your uh, experience with the original Total Recall, only seeing part of it, uh, it definitely makes me want to pose the question, uh, have you seen all of Total Recall 2012, the movie we're <laughs> discussing today? Did you watch all of that? Yeah, yes, I did. <laughs> okay, I did. okay, that's that's good. Um, so I, I definitely, we're going to have to talk about, you know, so I'll come at, at this with some comparison to the original, which I am coming from the, the, the stance that I did very much like... Uh, with Ghost in the Shell, where I love the original, uh, and I and I do have some bias there, so I'll admit that right now, Ben, and that's going to come up. Um, but before we get into that, I did want to ask you: uh, Did you know or realize, or um, you know, actively choose one to watch? That there are two versions of this movie: there's a, a theatrical and an unrated. Uh, I watched the unrated one. Okay, okay, uh, but I did not know that when I selected it. Oh, um, okay. I, or let me <laughs> let me put it this way: I didn't know it until after I had already paid to rent it. And then and then I became aware of it like pretty much at that moment and it was like, Okay, well I'm watching the unrated one. So sure. sure. So, I mean, I guess I, I actively chose to proceed with watching the unrated one. And I could have just abandoned ship at that point and just swallowed that three dollars or or eight. I guess we say eight for losses, right? Sure, sure. Uh, <laughs> not swallow I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. You swallow things. When I you drank eat? that three dollars in pennies. You know, <laughs> that's, that's right. That's that's the way it should be said. Yeah. So I so I watched the unrated one. Okay. So that's the one that I watched as well. And and this was a and I'm pretty sure I've said this uh, on our discussion of the original. I had never seen this before, even though that episode was you know over. Of our episode on that was over four years ago now. I never watched it in the interim until we decided to do it for this uh, this series. So. I like I said I watched the unrated as well. I figured why not? I've I it's listed as the unrated I think on Amazon and a lot of places, but some other sources uh, r- uh write it as the un like unrated director's cut. Um, I figured watching the longer one would be better, uh, just because you know some more content. What I found out only after the fact when I was doing my research into the two different versions of this movie, um, I was expecting you know I I think the time difference is maybe like ten minutes or something like that. I was expecting something like, oh, they might have added some more to the action, some more gore. That's usually what happens in the unrated, you know, uh, versions of movies. Apparently, the plot structure is wildly different. (laughs) Oh. You know how kind of one of the driving things in the unrated version, so the version I guess we're going to be then fully discussing today, uh, is that Colin Farrell as Hauser is, like, has had plastic surgery done on him, so he does not look the same anymore? Yes. That is not in the theatrical cut of the movie. <laughs> really? Yes. Uh, apparently, that is completely added just for this this director's cut. Um, oh. Ethan. So Ethan Hawke is the guy who plays the original Hauser uh, that we see in the like floating head above a piano scene in this movie, which is very right. strange. Um, that that's just not in the theatrical. Apparently, from what I've what I've been reading. <laughs> okay. So so it's just Colin Farrell. The whole time, yes, not... with his just and so his memories are gone. He doesn't have any his like nothing physical was done to him. But in the in the unrated version, the whole plan of Cohagen was apparently we're gonna like you know 
instill you and give you new memories and change what you look like and all this shit and like that's a that's a plan and a half right there. <laughs> You're just creating I, okay. a new person. <laughs> I don't know if I can agree with a plan and a half. Don't get me wrong, it's extra. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know if it's a plan. <laughs> and, and we'll discuss that more later. Would you I say expect. it's a simple plan? No, that's a different movie entirely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Oh, I got it now. Okay, this movie is not a simple plan. Okay. Uh, so uh, some other things that I, I found in my research. Um, so Jessica Biel's character is the daughter of Matthias, Mat- the, Matthias, yeah, yeah. the um, resistance leader. Not in the theatrical. That is just left out. Oh. That, that fact. Like, these characters are still there from what I've read. It, it's just they don't include anything regarding their relationship. <laughs> okay, so, have, so she just... Somebody involved in the in, in the, the resistance. resistance. Yeah, yeah, that's what it seems like. Yep. So it's interesting. I I don't think because even at still. So I Wait, think. The, but hold on. How could they have a, a woman be super relevant without her being related to a man that is more relevant? Uh, that's that's why you know you, you got to watch the the unrated director's cut. It's gonna it's gonna have the real meaningful movie things in it. You know, <laughs> like women have to be connected to a man. By any means, at all times, that's okay. physical, familial chains, like in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, genital. <laughs> so, so I, I, uh, I am not really interested in going back and watching the theatrical. I think that'll become clear as I discuss my feelings on this movie, um, because it's also still like around two hours. You know, the unrated's two ten. But yeah, I just wanted to mention that. But I'm glad we watched the same version, uh, so we won't have to harp on. Uh, you know, too much of the differences in explaining facets of the stories to each other. But yeah, so uh, as Ben said, this movie is uh, uh, two and three quarters plans. It's even more than a plan and a half. What'd you think, Ben? So uh, what'd you, uh, did you enjoy uh, Total Recall 2012 from one of your favorite directors? <laughs> okay, so I enjoyed the action okay. sequences. I thought some of them were fun. I had some real issues with the plot. Kind of in in general, and I don't know that that's fixed in the original. I think this plot is uh, flawless. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't so think there could be we, any misconstruing I, what's going on in this movie. <laughs> so, uh, like, one of the issues I have is that, like, the, the big end reveal, and I think that this is the same for the original, but as I said, I haven't watched it. I, I did read a little bit about it. Is, is there's this moment where, like, oh, my God, was it all a dream? Yeah. Like, I think that... So, I guess... Just from my from my like creative writing days, everything is a dream is a really lazy way to end a story. I'm already watching something that didn't happen. Why are you telling me that even in the reality I'm watching it didn't happen? <laughs> I hear you. I understand. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, like, why do you want to remove me that much further from the idea of this of this story that could be cool? You know, depending on whether it's actually a good story. Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess I have a little bit of an issue just with the the whole story kind of hinging on that question at the end and not not that it's relevant to like the plot of the of the action and the movie throughout just that they end the movie with like oh my god was it a dream like that doesn't fucking matter and i guess i also took issue with i didn't feel like there was like enough back and forth for it to be confusing or or uh intriguing due to difficulty understanding it okay like the character goes into the machine or, or they're about to start the, the simulation or whatever. So either he is or is not in a simulation the whole time. And that's it. Sure. So it's not like like they then harbor. It's like, oh, it's so significant that maybe it didn't actually happen. Like, no, it's fucking not. Like, what would be significant is if there were multiple times where he thought he woke up out of it. 
And he was like, oh, God, now I have no idea which reality I'm actually in. Uh, I gotcha. Okay. Like, that would have been so much more interesting. I don't know what the story would have been necessarily. But if he, like, was bouncing back and forth or, like, having some kind of problem where the, where the, um, the viewer could be uncertain about where he was. Yeah, yeah. That would have been far more interesting than this movie where I'm like, okay, so he either is or is not in a simulation, and this stuff either is or isn't happening, and then it's a pretty much a straight-through story after that. Sure, sure. Yeah, uh, this movie definitely does kind of, you know, the way it came across to me was it uh, with this whole, like, oh, is, is, is he actually the spy, or is this all the fantasy from the recall machine? This movie just kind of conveniently remembers to bring that up a few times. You know, it's like, yes. it, it's just like, because it, it's not pervasive enough throughout the whole story. It's just like when, when it, they're like, oh, shit, we forgot about this subplot. Uh, yeah, here's just a scene about it so we can, you know, get our, meet our quota and then forget about it for a little bit. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I found that to be, I don't know, incredibly disappointing, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, I, and I don't expect that it's too different in the original since in the simulation he's on Mars. Yes. So, like, I, I, like, is there even any confusion at all? Like, that either is or isn't happening that he's suddenly on Mars? Like, I don't, I don't know. I, like I said, I haven't watched it, so I don't, I don't know how that goes down. And maybe, and I probably will watch it just for completeness. Uh, I, I actually started it and just didn't have time to finish it. Sure, for, sure. Uh, for this recording. But so anyway, I took issue with that. Um, I took issue with Laurie's entire character motivation. Like, why the fuck is she trying to kill Dennis Quaid or Doug, Doug Quaid? <laughs> yeah, no, she's trying to kill the actor Dennis Quaid. Yes, uh, in this movie. <laughs> like, but like, why the why the fuck is she trying to kill Doug Quaid? Like, for real, why? Laurie is uh, Kate Beckinsale, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I because. Because that's the action, Ben. That's the action. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so like that, that just completely doesn't make sense from the standpoint of what her character is supposed to be doing. So, supposedly, Cohagen has her planted as, well, like, oh my, and this plan is so ridiculously overly convoluted. Like their plan of making him forget who he is, <laughs> so that he can, like, why not just let him get the like if he was really double crossing them. Why not just have him get the black box and then go back to them and be like, I got the information we need. And then that's the fucking hack. And then you don't have to wait six weeks for him to figure out who he is. I mean, seems like a pretty straight line to me, to be honest. I, I think you have some you're having some radical ideas. What, what I'm trying to tell you, Rob, <laughs> is, is with all my orientation, this story is bad. This story is bad in that in that many things happen seemingly just because they want them to happen, not sure. because they should happen. Sure, I, I would definitely agree with you there. I think that this this movie is very much just, and, and this brings it brings up something I want to talk about with the with the sense of you know I don't think we've gotten too hard into with remakes. I mean we've talked a lot about remakes and you know this, but I, I think uh, and just like their existence. But I think one way we haven't talked about them is I think this the Total Recall remake falls like this late 2000s early 2010s there's this period of like oh we're gonna remake properties you know it's when the phrase that like hollywood is creatively bankrupt starts becoming like more into the populace because mm -hmm. people are just like they notice it they see that everything's just a remake a rehash or a reboot a soft reboot a pre-requel a srequel a sriracha-quel or whatever you want to call it and they're just like a mustard mayonnaise and, uh, exactly <laughs> And What's so they all see they all see this and it's just like, oh, this is just they're churning them out. And I feel to some extent I believe they are churning them out. And this is an example of one where I feel like there's no good 
take on like, oh, I want to remake Total Recall. Or it's like, you know, I feel like remakes can be done well where you have that reimagining aspect where, you know, someone comes in and they goes, I love that story. I'd love to do these things with it. Like, I care about it. The Total Recall remake seems to be like, oh, this is something we can remake. Let's then just go through the motions to remake it. You know, it makes it very hollow where I do think the original with a very similar convoluted plan from the bad guy, you know, I think pulls it off better because there's charm okay, to it. Okay, but does there's... the plan actually make more sense in the original? It's because it, I re- I remember it making more sense, but it's it's wildly convoluted still. You know, <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just saying like it's it would have been so much more so much easier to execute if they had just let Hauser keep his memory. Sure, and then he just goes back and is like, "Guys, I got it," and then actually it's a black box that with the the encrypted shit. The yes, hacking, whatever. Yes. The, the and then hacking, it's like, oh, yeah. boom. Brian Cranston shows up in the No Zone, which apparently is somehow connected to Australia, which is a fucking island. Uh, it's the um, colony, Ben. Please use the correct uh, yeah, name. Okay. So it's the colony, and it's the entire <laughs> continent of Australia, and somehow the No Zone's connected to it. And they get to it by train. <laughs> like, con- let's be fun. Is that, like, am I wrong? Like, they say that the continent of Australia is the colony. The colony's connected to the no zone. No, no, <laughs> the no zone's connected to the maybe zone. <laughs> uh, and then, and then there's the whole aspect of like this terrorist who's like the fallen slaves us all. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's a line. Something, Why? There's some. There's some line where the, in the beginning where they're going to the fall to like go to the Britain to work or whatever. And there's just a crazy like preacher dude, and he's like, "Don't let them shoot you through the earth like cattle." Yeah, and I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's definitely how they moved cattle. Yeah, like, and I was wh- like, wh- and I was like, you could say that about any form of mass transportation. <laughs> don't, don't let, let them, them fly you through the air like cattle. <laughs> don't don't let them slowly roll you across metal rails like cattle. <laughs> um, Wake up to the truth. Kohagen is counting on your complacency. Don't let them ship you across the earth like cattle. I I just like. Okay, so from the standpoint of, of economics, generally a way to transmit oneself to an area with more opportunity is not a bad thing. Okay. It was not. So what I, what I guess what I'm getting at is it's not transparent why the fall enslaves us all. No, no, no. Since not the fall a... is economic, uh, it, it, it enables economic mobility, quite literally mobility. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. moving. So I, I feel that this is the level that your favorite director one of your favorite directors is working on and that this in essence of just being a like i said i I think a very soulless vacuous going through the motions remake i i think there's no there's no grand you know reasoning to this i think it all makes no sense because we're thinking about it too much ben or you might be thinking about it too much i think that he was like i'm thinking about it just the right amount well I, i think it's a different amount than your third than favorite intended. director does, uh, did. Um, and it, it's, it's this in the sense that it's like, look at this image of the globe. And it's like, we have Australia over here, and it's kind of small. And then we got Britain over here, and it's everything else. And this one's bigger than this one. So that's the oppressing one. That's it. it. <laughs> but is Britain even bigger than Australia? Well, Britain, in, this, in the context of the movie, the United British Federation is like everything except Australia. Well, no, it's just it's just most of Europe. Well, and Africa. They highlight Africa in the beginning of the movie. 
Oh, do they? I yeah, didn't, they I highlight like just... a lot of shit, I'm pretty sure. I don't think so. I'm going to look up the UFB map from Recall. It's the United Federation of Britain. UFB, okay. It's, but I think that's it. It's like there's, there's, it's literally like, and then there's a, a way to connect them so one is above the other in our little graphic. And it's, that's, that's the level that I think this movie is trying to operate on, where oh, it's, it's just like there's, there's a ruler and a not ruler. That's our dynamic. Okay, yeah, well, maybe, but they didn't set that up at, at all. No, yeah, abso- like, absolutely, no, not at all, I, but I think that's, that's they're just like, no, I, the I, idea. I get, goes, I get where you're yeah. coming from, but like, in the story, mm-hmm. and this is the problem I have, in the story, they're like, the fallen slaves is all, and then they never express anything that <laughs> the connection to the UFB is doing that hurts Australia, the colony, until the very end where you're like, oh, the colony is actually... Or I'm sorry, the UFB is actually faking these terrorist attacks. Yes. To make it look like the colony is is uh, should be taken over, but <laughs> there is actually a terrorist group in the colony, and they still actually believe the fallen slaves is all, and they're only attacking military bases, right? Poetry. Like that's, <laughs> so why does the terrorist group exist for Brian Cranston to to exploit? to convince everybody that the colony is full of terrorists when there doesn't appear to be any reason or, or oppression happening other than the fact that some people commute to work. Yes. And build the uh, police robots that then police the colony police. Do they police the colony? Yeah. We see a few there for sure. I mean, I'm sure they police everywhere. They mostly police UFB. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure they're everywhere. If they're, you know, making them that many. Well, so like I, I don't think that we see them in the colony until after they are already searching for um, Hauser. Okay. Um, which I, I, I thought, and I could be wrong, that they were they were only the UFP police, and then the colony sent them out as like they're also their foreign soldiers to go deal with things in the colony that that they needed to. So like at that point, they're doing some kind of like a, a political invasion kind of thing. Where you can start to be like, okay, they're a problem, but but before that, there's nothing to indicate that they're a problem. The only thing yes, to indicate is yeah. that they have offered economic mobility to the people of the colony. Economic oppression? Is that what you mean? <laughs> That's what the movie thinks the mobility <laughs> Ex- means. Exactly, exactly. Because it's just like, here's our dynamic, and this is bad. Bad, bad things bad, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. Giant invasion. Um, Brian Cranston shows up at like ninety minutes into the movie and and is like, "I'm going to invade the universe or the colony." Oh, you know, I found the map. It does not include Africa. It includes pretty much all of Eastern Europe and a little bit of Western Europe that is not Russia. Is everything else the no zone? Is that the implication? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the colony, yeah, and the colony is like on this map, and of course, it, it could be. I don't actually know the relative land mass sizes and projections sure. are misleading when sure. it comes to maps. But on this map, Australia is significantly bigger than, than UFB. Uh, again, that's, that's not super meaningful. But from this map, I would expect the opposite, if that's what they were going for. Just bigger is meaner. Uh, then it goes back to what I said about the, the way they orient them, that you have to go, you know, like they put Britain above uh, the other thing. I mean, what this is actually all ridiculous to even still be talking about and, and go as far as we are, because I don't think this is at all what the creators of this movie were thinking about. I think this is the most basic idea they can take and be like, oppressors, 
terrorists, and then we're going to add on all these crazy layers to, I don't even know if I want to say to make it seem smart. I think it's just, they're, they're just having the, taking like the most basic, like, you know, improv, like they're doing an improv exer- exercise where they scream out to the audience, be like, you know, what setting do we want? And be like, dystopian future. What character, <laughs> what groups do we want? Oppressed and the rich ones, you know, and stuff like that. And then they just ride with it and it gets crazy and, you know, imp- improvs off the rails like this plot does. <laughs> you know, that's actually not a bad take. I, this movie would be significantly better if I thought that it was improv. <laughs> and so I am, I am with you with that, and I'm with you with everything you're saying about how crazy this plot is, the, and like crazy, convoluted, and coincidental. Some of it seems to be, you know, it's just all over the place. It's just so like baked into this gigantic two-hour wrapper of just like the most tropish and you know mildly interesting you know just action movie beats that uh, i feel like this movie is very cookie cutter i will give you i think you mentioned earlier like that you liked some of the action sequences i am also with you there are some things in this movie i found fascinating you know that lasted on screen for like five seconds but i was like i really want to know more about that um and a lot of set pieces of action like the moving cubes for transportation that they're jumping around on oh yeah like the excellent the that you know like an elevator but goes in at least two dimensions. Yeah, yeah, like great, like a set piece for an action scene. You know, I love that that whole notion of them jumping around and you know, like platforming. Um, but it, there's just so much. Just I'm just I feel like they just once again. I think it's very cookie cutter and of the action genre and just like oh, we're just going through this these motions to make sure this story can be called Total Recall. You know, 2012. That's okay. So I, I, this is where my lack of familiarity with the first one is really going to hinder me because sure. from from what I read. The plot of the first one doesn't seem all that different from the plot of this one. If I rem- if I'm remembering correctly, because it has, I haven't watched that since we did our episode on it. Um, the the whole thing with like the the faking the terrorist attacks, I don't think that's in the original. Like it is just right. there's a resistance group and there's uh, Cohagen because the right. So in. yeah, the the one thing I do I do understand to be the case from the fir- from the first one is that there's like the mining of turbinium and. Cohagen is hiding the fact that they could be using this reactor that would destroy all of the turbinium, but would would make a breathable atmosphere. So like Cohagen actually is doing a bad thing. Yeah. And then there's terrorists that found out about it and they are trying to activate the reactor, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, there's this Arnold screaming, give these people air, Cohagen. Like, that's the thing from that movie. Oh, okay. Sir, the oxygen level is bottoming out in Sector G. What do you want me to do about it? Don't do anything. But they won't last an hour, sir. Fuck them. Be a good lesson to the others. Come on, Cohagen, you got what you want. Give these people air. Uh, the thing that I'm not sure about is is the is is Arnold supposed to be a, like a double crossing or a double? Yeah, I guess double crossing agent. Is he he was like put there by Cohagen? But actually, I, if I if I remember correctly, I believe that was the initial plan. But he then gets swayed to the um, the side of the good guys. Okay, of the resistance, I guess. So Again, not to so the same as <laughs> the same as Colin Farrell's situation in this that he was supposed to be there as a, as a Cohagen stooge, and then he. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that emotional arc is the same, or like yeah, the the Hauser arc. In, in in the the original, how does he end up with his memory erased? I would have to rewatch it to remember that. Okay, so. That that was like another issue I had is like they they come up with this like convoluted plan to <laughs> yeah. to erase his memory, 
and and then it's like what they can erase people's memories but like they can't interact with them they couldn't couldn't learn from his memories that he was that he was actually gonna be a double crosser like i don't i don't know sure so like i guess they they tell us like he's he was actually a bad guy the whole time is what they would have us believe uh, well until he got his memory erased and then he became a good guy mm-hmm. versus the what the other people believe which is he was a bad guy then became a good guy and then got his memory erased and Cohagen actually i guess in the process of erasing his memory set up the trap but again if that's what would happen either way it makes so much more sense if they don't erase his memory and again it is all a dream so did they really Maybe. erase anybody's memory? <laughs> it's it's you know I like I said I I'm already watching something that didn't happen. Yes. Why you got to tell me it didn't happen even more than yeah. that? Like <laughs> it's like you thought this didn't happen, but it really did. So I I I'm totally on board with you with the convoluted nature of this story and and the the twisting around they do with it in this movie, um, you know, with exposition scenes and stuff like that. I definitely. Kind of just, once again, I think, talking about this wrapper of all this other, like, nonsense that I think is, you know, the the more cookie-cutter action movie stuff, I am not into just the, it's not like, it's not like the refusal of the call. It's like when the hero knows he has to do something, but he's, like, just in disbelief. Maybe it's a version of the refusal of the call. But, like, Colin Farrell, like, as he's learning more about, like, this plan and who he is and, like, the plot is unraveling as we watch the movie, there's so many scenes where he's just like, who, me? Like, I can do this stuff? Like, huh? Like, I'm, I'm the hero of this story? Like, there's a scene where I think, what, some uh, video of, like, Ethan Hawke or someone as him is, or I think Colin Farrell talking to himself on the video is like, you know, this is not your face. Like, they, they change your face. Like, if, if you're watching this, I've already, like, you've, I've already lost my memories or whatever. And then he's like, you know, you have to find the key. You have to find the key. And then the video ends, and Colin Farrell's like, I have to find the key. And I'm like, this is some just, like, first-grade level, you know, writing bullshit nonsense. And I'm like, this is not interesting at all. This is what I – this is just, like, bottom of the barrel. Like, it's like, okay, oh, wow, the key. Like, that's our MacGuffin now. We have to find that. It just – it came across as very, very – immature (laughs) well i agree with you except that it doesn't even end up being like a true MacGuffin because it it doesn't (laughs) matter for very long yeah that's right (laughs) i i will i will say like just like a little bit of benefit of the doubt or a little bit of like generous interpretation in that scene where he's like i you know i have to find the key after that he he there there is um at least something that I got from watching that scene where he's just like, I really wish you had told me what the key was because I don't fucking know what the key is. Yes. And I know I have yes. to find the key. Yeah. So like it came across a little bit to me. Like he was just like, I, I know that, but I don't know what it is. So like I said, the, again, that's like generous interpretation here. Yes. Yes. Uh, generous interpretation, interpretation, Ben, you can just call it as it is uh, standing up for your third favorite director. <laughs> Sucking the metaphorical uh, dick. Sucking of, uh, the metaphorical dick. Uh, ben, would you like to talk about Len Wiseman? Would you like to read? <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. I, I, I know you were going to be able to. I knew you were going to be able to get the context clues of who that name represents, but you went the good joke route of of just denying those context clues. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, I, I am actually interested to know if you are into Len Wiseman's other movies, of which there aren't very many, but he's the guy who made the first two Underworld movies. 
Um, are, uh, are you familiar with those? I feel like you've told me talked I, to me about. I them. have seen those movies. Those are movies that I like wanted to like, but overall was not impressed. With. Okay, okay, right on. Like I went into him and I was like, oh, this just seems like a cool idea. And then I watched it and I was like, this is not well executed. I've only seen the first one and it was a real long time ago. But I, I would imagine if I watched it today, I would have very similar thoughts about it being a generic action movie with a crazy setting of what vampires and werewolves. Is it, is it also Beckinsale? It is. Okay, I I thought that while I was watching this, I was like, I think that's the chick from Underworld. Yeah, oh yeah, it definitely uh, I didn't is. know that he directed that also. So, um, so yeah. I, I, I think what it's like... Small World. I think I it's like 2004 to 2019, uh, Len Wiseman. It's like and, directors have certain actors they like. Uh, oh, well, not only, not only, Ben, did he like Kate Beckinsale. He loved Kate Beckinsale. They oh, were, ma- they they were married from 2004 to 2019. <laughs> Shit, that's longer than the 30 minutes most Hollywood marriages get. Right, exactly. Um, have you seen Live Free or Die Hard? That's one of the... I, I have Die seen Hard that one. one. Okay, he directed that. I, I uh, think that's I've, the one... If I remember the... right, I didn't hate it as much as a lot of people did. Okay. Uh, but I also don't have a strong familiarity with the Die Hard franchise, so sure. I went into it expecting an action movie, and that's what I was given. Yep, yep. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's the one where Justin Long is like the hacker. And so he's like the nerdy sidekick. I think that's that one. And he's just like, am I a good guy? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Or am I a bad hacker that did a good thing? Well, that's the best scene in the movie where he's having that like existential crisis. And, you know, Bruce Willis just turns to him and goes, yippee ki motherfucker, and shoots him in the head. And you're like, wow, this is minute 40, you know. (laughs) But it doesn't live up to the hype. It's just that's just the peak of the movie. You know, the the other hour 20 is not is is more Len Wiseman bullshit. But I also I think somebody throws a car at a helicopter in that movie or something. That sounds correct. <laughs> I think that might be just a staple of the Die Hard uh, franchise. franchise. <laughs> yeah. If I remember right, when I was 15 or 16 or however old I was when that came out, that was really cool. <laughs> yes. When, when I was that old. Exactly. The other thing Len Wiseman is attached to, and I know you know this, Ben, but I'll, I'll tell the cinema audience. <laughs> Uh, he's working on apparently the upcoming b- movie called Ballerina, which I didn't know anything about, but I looked into. It's uh, apparently going to be the first John Wick spinoff movie, so a movie about oh. someone in the John Wick universe. Uh, and Keanu Reeves is on the um, cast, list, cast list, so he might have a cameo, okay. yeah. Okay. But uh, I don't know anything about it. I uh, have, I don't really have any plans to see John Wick 4 until it's like streaming or something. Okay. <laughs> I'm not, I don't think I'm going to go see it in theaters. That's reasonable. But yeah, that's that's Len Wiseman. And uh, in the show notes, as every week this series, uh, Ben, I will put links to your fan club pages. Awesome. And uh, if are you offering uh, – let's get our ad revenue. Are you offering our our fans and listeners any uh, promos or disc- – like is there a promo code? Like is there – you go to your checkout to order – I don't know, hats. I think we talked about hats at your fan club. Yeah. Like yeah. You, they go to order hats and shirts and they put in the promo code and of course it makes it more expensive. You know, you got any of those? Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, and they are only available if you're a Patreon member. Ooh, nice. Okay. Yeah. What about yeah. a promo code that you like, you have to pick out a shirt and so you like, you find the design you like, you click on it, add to cart, you add like a large, you, en- you, have, a, you have a coupon code, you have a promo code that you got, you know, you type it in. And it just changes the size of your shirt to like a small and you can't change it back. <laughs> I, we do have one that changes the size, uh, but it does so randomly because we were concerned people would figure out the algorithm and uh, just order the appropriate shirt to get changed to the correct size. Uh, so we made it we made it pseudo random. It doesn't it doesn't repeat. But yeah, I, I like the idea, the thought of people ordering a shirt from your fan club. 
expecting it to show up in a different size than the one they ordered. And then they end up getting the package and it's a hat. So then we, it's just like, you got fucked. You didn't even know. It's like, you didn't see that one coming, you know? And it's really behind the scenes at like, you know, shipping and shipping and receiving of the, uh, the fan, the director's fan clubs. Ben's director's fan club is just like, you're just boxing things and slapping an address. You're like, this person placed an order. Here's a box. Here you go. You know? That's right. Actually, all the items are pre-boxed. And we just get the orders and slap on the the labels. It's faster. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, and and what don't people already have businesses like that that are loot what loot crates or whatever? Here's here's a box of random shit. People are like, oh, I'll pay sixty dollars for that. That's right. And they're like, I got a necklace. It's cursed, and it's like, I can see you're trying really hard to make that sixty dollars seem worth it. <laughs> I could have gotten that necklace for 60 tickets down at the Fun Central there, okay? <laughs> That'd be 30 minutes of playing that fucking light spinning game where you got to stop it on the uh, the middle one to win a bunch, <laughs> right? Ben knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I do. I'm intimately familiar with the light spinning game. So, Len Wiseman, like I said, I, I, I think I've... Uh, first Underworld, Live Free and Die Hard. I think he's just this action man movie director, and I could not get over that with this movie. It, I... I found it so much as, like, this shallow version of the original, which I, I think I mentioned, but I'll restate. I do very much enjoy that original. Uh, it's a great I, Paul I'm going to have to watch it because yeah, yeah. from everything I've read, it also sounds pretty stupid. No, Ben, no. <laughs> no, I, I definitely want you to check I'm it out. I'm just saying. I think you should definitely give it a watch. From the story perspective. It is, uh, it is definitely worth watching. But, yeah, this comes across to me, like I said, as this soulless remake, and um, mm-hmm. I... I do want to have a make a little comparison because it is interesting. You know, we've talked a lot about Arnold Schwarzenegger in the past in comparison to The Rock. I know you've seen some of Total Recall 1990, so you've seen Arnold in this role of uh, of Quaid. What do you think of Colin Farrell as like an action action man? What do you, like? I, I mean, he has he's been in action types before, um, not so much recently. But like, what do you think of Colin Farrell? And what do you think of him as this like secret agent action role? Uh, I think he plays the action character fine. I don't I don't think that it's like particularly bad. I don't know that I would say it's particularly good, but I think that his scene, his opening scene where like we first see him do action stuff, and he like shoots, uh, what the news thinks is 20 people but he thinks is more like 10 people yeah um at, at the at recall with a k which is spelled different than the title of the movie which is fucking stupid also <laughs> it's during that scene i'm like i'm i'm like yeah he does all right you know it's it's believable okay, okay. to a degree yeah yeah i don't mind him really in the action stuff i think his other action performances um remember he was bullseye in the ben affleck daredevil movie Oh my god! Yeah, he was bullseye. Wow. Um, <laughs> he has some action scenes in, in uh, chasing Tom Cruise in Minority Report. Oh, Minority Report originally written chasing to, Amy. No, uh, no, chasing Tom. <laughs> Minority Report was originally written as a sequel to Total Recall, but they scrapped that eventually as the movie was developed. But that's a fun little tidbit for you. And Colin Farrell was in that one. Um, <laughs> I I think Colin Farrell fails at doing the bewildered thrown into the mix like just regular guy who is finds out he's this super spy you know dream or not aside fantasy or not aside i i think that he does not play this kind of like the all the before he really knows everything that's going on like the who me like the stuff i mentioned like the key like even in the scene when he's talking to ethan hawk's floating head above the piano 
and Ethan Hawke says something like, I think he, Ethan Hawke explicitly says that, like, you know, they took me and they changed my face to look like you. And Colin Farrell's like, I, I'm you or something like that? And I'm like, don't we know this already? Like, why is he still confused about this? <laughs> well, I want the movie I agree, to, to I agree keep with up, you, but that's, you know? that's just bad writing. Yeah. It's... No, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> so it's, yeah. So what you're saying is it might not all be Colin Farrell's fault. And I can agree with you there for sure, because it is just not great material <laughs> to say the least <laughs> the uh, one thing I, I think about that scene that i i did like w- which i from the little bit of the first movie that i watched seems to be a throwback or a callback to the first movie where he's just like this recording has limited interactive ability try rephrasing your question mm-hmm. um apparently the kid like the cab driver what they put him in the cab after he after they knock him out at the recall yeah, place yeah and and the, the cab's like rephrase the question and he's just like, how did I get in here? And it's like, you opened the door and got in. <laughs> so I, it, that felt like that felt like a little callback uh, sure. when I was watching. Sure. Uh, so that I, I kind of appreciated. I appreciated instead of them being like, I don't know what you mean. It just being like, we have limited capabilities. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You have to say specific things. I guess on that on that notion of of you know you liking that you know. What do you think about this depiction of a dystopian future, of a future, you know? What do you think of this future tech that we see in this movie? I was going to say, what's what's so dystopian about this future? Uh, ben, that there's oppressors, and there's the oppressed, and there's a big tube in the earth that keeps them oppressed. I thought we covered this already. <laughs> Did we? I like that big tube in the earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right, the the fall that enslaves us all. Um. So, so... Well, I do want to talk about the actual fall. Uh, that That's, you know, this this big thing in this movie. I do want to talk about that. What do you think about, like, the cell phone hand? The the phone thing, in like, the Christmas lights that go in your hand that is a cell phone slash minority report style, you can display screens on glass type of thing. <laughs> I think I only have, like, one thing to say about that, and it's fucking rejection. Your body would reject it. I don't know. I think that our human bodies are kind of craving some internal technology this day and age you know i mean i i guess it's kind of neat but i don't i don't know about you but i'm not getting my fucking hand cut open to put a phone in it uh i'm i'm i could be i could be tempted (laughs) i'm just saying in the future i'm probably still gonna have pockets you know what not a phone you're right i definitely would not want a phone in my body something else then, then someone's gonna be like you didn't answer when i called and you're like i didn't know where my phone was and they'll be like you're fucking lying to me because it's in your hand. <laughs> exactly, you know. Then you have to then you have to confront your problems. Like I didn't want to talk to you, and that's you know that's uncomfortable for everybody. You know, remember those uh those hand buzzers like clowns would use, like you you put in your palm and then you like shake someone's hand and it shocks them. Yes, yeah. I exclusively use those. Use- <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I've never I want, shaken someone's I, I would I would get a a, a a scientific, you know, um tech enhancement of one of those in my palm so I just would always uh, shock a full everybody. scale taser in your hand. <laughs> it's, it's it's not like a, it's not a harmless shock. That would be great. Like it's the equivalent of just like a cattle prod into them, you know. <laughs> People are like it's nice to meet you and be like Yeah, it is. That would be that would be pretty dope. Yeah, I would cut my hand open for that for sure. I would do that. I, I'm just saying, I like I, some of my best days are when I don't know that I don't know where my phone is. I agree. I agree with that for sure. What and, if you uh, got? What if you had like coils put in your hand so that you could like turn them on or turn like the mechanism in your hand on or off, 
And if you turned it on, it would basically turn your hand into like a little hot plate. And so you can like boil a cup of, of water or something. Just on your I, expect hand. That would, I expect that would hurt me. Well, you'd do it right. And you'd have to like re- remove all your real skin and around your hand and stuff. You'd probably just end up basically with a robotic a hand. Yeah, okay. <laughs> have an oven yeah, if hand. I, if I wanted to be Darth Vader... I would have made different life decisions, okay? I got my oven hand. I got my normal hand. <laughs> my normal hand. I don't know. I'm about to heat some shit up with my <laughs> oven hand. Now that, there you go. That's that's a banger. That's a banger. <laughs> that's our cover uh, of a crud bump song. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oven hand. I, I would probably yeah. cut my hand open for oven hand. I think the, the possibilities of oven hand are, are pretty great. Um, I think I'm into the that. only thing we've we've been having a good jolly old time. I'm gonna make it a little bit serious again. I think Uh-oh. the only thing I would I would get implanted yeah. in my hand would be some some kind of ID that carried with it SSL certificates so that I could encrypt my communication on the go. Okay, interesting, interesting. So like instead of having to scan a badge when I walk up to a building, I, I would just like put my hand on it and then it would try to make a um, a network call to some server and it would use my, my certificate as, as, uh, you know, the exchange certificate for the encrypted communication and it would know who I was and it would just be like, all right, he either is or is not allowed in this building. (laughs) I Uh, think that would be the only thing I would be interested in. I think that is a, uh, would be very useful and that's a great idea, but until we can further investigate the, uh, the true possibilities that oven hand unlocks. We can't really oh. say which one is better yet. <laughs> that's all right. That's fair. Um, I've, does oven hand come with like colored jewels so you can be like, I'm Thanos. I can <laughs> I can heat the, like watch watch as this ice cube melts a little faster than you expect. I guess <laughs> that would be so cool, Ben. Don't tell me you wouldn't go to a party and be like, watch me melt this shit. You know, <laughs> that'd be awesome. I think you could definitely like get your oven hand customized, you know, so you could bejewel it or bedazzle it any way you please. What what do you how do you feel about like LED style tattoos or like not LED style but like a tattoo that can like move around? Oh, that's pretty it, cool. Like a something like a like a like Rorschach's Rorschach's mask from Watchmen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. I would I would be into that. I would get yeah. a I would probably get a small moving tattoo. What would it be? I think it'd be a small tadpole, and it'd move all around my body, <laughs> and I'd have to uh, find it every day. Um, no, that's actually so. I'm I'm thinking more that like a moving tattoo would be like a tattoo in the same vein as um, the pictures in the newspaper in the Harry Potter movies because they move, oh, sure. you know. Yeah. So I, that would I would have to think about that. If I got a tattoo that moved like that, like looked like 3D and alive, I would have to think about what I'd get. Off the top of my head, probably Rick and Morty logo, but I'll give it some more thought. <laughs> I think I would just want a screen that I could control, like not a screen, but you know, a surface of my body where I could control whatever words were printed there with my mind. Ooh, okay, <laughs> interesting. I, I know that you didn't know mind control was a possibility for these moving tattoos, and that I basically it, cheated no, by adding fine. it. No, it's but, fine. Okay, I was. That's what I would do. I would. Uh, that way, whenever uh, you know, I'm irritated or whatever, I can like lose control of my ability. To not send thoughts directly to that, and I was like, "Fuck this person!" Like, just on my arm. And you will constantly be regretting that you got this tattoo on your forehead. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it 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 would basically be like everybody can read my mind, except it would be everybody who can read can read my mind. (laughs) 
Okay, I dig that. I dig that. <laughs> okay. Uh, that was a long way to go for that, Joe. Yeah, how did we get here? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. So uh, yeah. I feel like we just became a different podcast. I don't. This doesn't feel like a Cinemonities episode. Because this movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this was hard. I thought there... I did not think that I was going to dislike this this much. You know, I thought there was going to be some charm i mean total recall 1990 it is like a fairly well-known movie but it's not like you know it was a uh, I, it did do well also back in the day but i mean like it's not like a, a classic everybody's like you gotta see total recall so i thought it getting remade was going to be like oh there's some thought like some care behind it like there's a reason this like they wanted to remake this property specifically and it just comes across as no it's like oh it is a property let's take it because no one else has taken it yet you know and then just churn it out into a remake and it and it's a bummer i let's talk about the good things because one of the good things are is the fall i do want to talk about that i am into oh, I thought you were going to say dave Chappelle is harry <laughs> <laughs> nope not there yet uh but okay, all right, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the fall let's go i think the fall <laughs> is a really neat idea. I'm actually into them showing off, like, the mechanisms that it uses, the the big shots of it for, like, the scale of it. The oh, yeah, like, the, the way it, like, flips whenever they pass the core and yeah. stuff. Yeah, I definitely thought I definitely thought a lot of that was pretty neat. I am totally into it, and since that comes up so much, you know, so early on in the movie, one of my notes is, like, I hope that this movie is basically all about this transportation device. Like, I want to know how they, like, how long did it take them to build it? How did they build it? I was like, I want, I want a oh, whole movie about this. <laughs> that's a serious question because post a war that made every other part of the Earth unlivable. Exactly. We're we're expected to believe these people figured out drilling through the fucking Earth technology, <laughs> which I don't know if you know this. We can't do that yet. Yes, yes. Uh, so, d- so it is new. They figured it out post the war. I do you remember from the picture of the globe? Is it through the exact center of the Earth? It's not like I don't. I don't think it can be, given that it connects Britain to Australia. Well, I don't that, think that that would go through the direct center. They moved them for this movie, Ben, okay? It's... Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, all, all I can tell you for certain is that they do say at one point that they're passing the core. Yes. But that, that does not mean that it, like, okay, well, let me let me put it this way also. Um, if we're going to assume any amount of realism, the core is liquid. And going sending a tube through it like this would fuck up the magnetic field of the Earth. So I doubt that they would have done that. Yep. Okay. I, that's where I'm coming from. Where I'm like, this can't. Like, how'd they get through the core? You know. <laughs> like, I I don't think I, I I just I wouldn't have been able to watch the movie if I thought it was through the core. I just assumed it wasn't. <laughs> okay. I did. It was like a defense mechanism for for your brain. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like, oh no, no. I I no, think if we if when you get your interview with Len Wiseman for your Len Wiseman fan club. Definitely ask him if the the fall in Total Recall 2012 goes through the center of the Earth. Uh, you have to ask him this, but I can tell you exactly how that's going to play out. He's going to say yes. You're, he's going to say yes. It goes through the core, and you're going to go, that it, that can't happen. Like, that's not possible. Why, why does it go through the core? And Len Wiseman is going to look you in the eyes and go, because it's cool. Fuck you, that's why. <laughs> He's, he's gonna say that's the problem you have with this movie. <laughs> He'll be like, "I wish I didn't direct this movie." Yeah, he's. I think he. He. You would ask him something like, you know, I, you're like, I have a lot of problems with like the plot machinations and the script and kind of how like you know the screenplay just breaks down. And Len Wiseman goes, "Screenplay? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you thought that we had a script? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they." 
we just let Colin Farrell do some stuff, and then we told people to put CGI behind him. Yep, yep. And it's it like, was, uh, <laughs> I just it was pretty a, cool. I just took, added in a bunch of B-roll from, you know, these Underworld movies. You ever hear of those? And be like, yeah, didn't you make those? Oh, shit, I did. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I still get royalties for that. The fall, the fall, like I said, is really cool, though. I, I no, like that is. idea. I... And I like it. I, I mean, I, I like, I, I don't think it's like the best thing that it gets blown up at the end of the movie. Um, but... It's certainly not good for their economic mobility. Exactly. But it is good for the oppression. They're no longer oppressed because there's not a tube above them anymore. Um, it, well, the tube's not even above them. The tube's above them, Ben. It's Australia. Everything's upside down. They had to turn the camera <laughs> upside down. Gravity switches at the core, <laughs> Rob. There's two scenes about that. And then gravity switches back at Australia. <laughs> <laughs> It's a well-known fact. Um, <laughs> it's like no, but for real, there are two scenes about the fact that gravity switches. Yes. So, so I, I, I wanted to bring up this whole thing about does this go through the core? Uh, does the fall go through the core? That's the core is actually a better movie. We I, I was that. about. That's literally what I was about to say, Ben. Is that the core is also a movie? The fall is also a movie. <laughs> <laughs> We should pair the fall and the core together. Yeah. <laughs> and then we got total recall. And I would bet you damn near anything that there is some movie somewhere called The Colony, you know, or a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> I okay, hold on. I just I just had an idea. What if what if they knew how bad this movie was and the reason it was called Total Recall was not because it was supposed to be a remake of that property, but because they expected that there would be a class action lawsuit and all the DVD <laughs> copies of this movie would have to be but, recalled. Sure, po- possibly. And then they were like, oh, it turns out there's already a movie that's like has a cult following that is called Total Recall. It's just a remake of that. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Perfect. They were just like, Perfect. let's take our bad plot and slam it into that movie until we have uh, an equally bad pl- or equally or worse bad plot <laughs> that includes a place spelled recall with a K. With a K. All right. That's the cool way, Ben. And you know how I spell cool? With a K. And probably. A, and an E-W-L. K-E-W-L. I, I do. <laughs> I just got I really wonder. Like, obviously, recall the place. Recall. Like, obviously, that was important. For the selection of the name of this movie, like, is that am I wrong in thinking that? Um, I think for this for this movie and the original, of course, um, both of these are based off of a short story uh, from Philip K. Dick called "We Can Remember It for You Wholesale." Uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a that's a rough name. That's a that's a name. It's a it's it's grown on me over the years as I've read it or read that title and and said it more. We can remember it for you wholesale. Um, my my letterbox review for this movie was, I wish I could forget it wh- wholesale. I'd I'd even pay <laughs> sticker price. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so these funny. are these are both based on this short story, uh, Philip K. Dick. And even though I have not read that short story, I have looked into it. Um, the company that does this memory thing, which is the basis for the short story, is called Recall. Um, With a K. I don't know for sure. I, that's irrelevant. I guess my point is, why didn't they just keep it consistent from the title to the name of the company? I that I get you. Um, yeah, that's 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 a dumb that's a dumb choice. No, no, no need to 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 beat the dead horse. I guess, but yeah, like, could you imagine? No, now now that I think about it more, I am I am more bothered by that as you bring it up because imagine if Mortal Kombat was called Combat with a C, everybody yeah. would have revolted. Like yeah. the the second American Revolution would have occurred, or Civil War. Yeah, they would have, have been occurred. like in like the the movie itself spelled with the C, but then in the movie they spell it with the K, and you're like, yes. <laughs> I I think at that moment you might just die. 
you the might moment just you see that interest <laughs> like, like that, that's you, the equivalent of just like you know sudden death syndrome <laughs> like you you might vomit and kill over okay okay right and on. then hopefully your family will know to sue them but they'll probably try to watch the movie first and then also die <laughs> interesting i like this <laughs> So, so I think. Sorry, I'm kind of in rare form. I'm, it's, no, this it's movie's good. got me heated. Yeah, this <laughs> heated. Fuck total recall. Um, so this okay. this all I think this whole tangent came off of. Uh, I brought up the core thing. Does this go through the core? Because yes, yeah. I I was interested in that more when it the fall gets blown up at the end. Mm-hmm. I was like, I would love. Uh, I, well, I wanted this movie to be all about this this transportation device, which it clearly is not all about it. I want the sequel to this movie to be like all about cleaning up the, the wreckage. Not only cleaning it up, but like what is the impact on the earth that now like a bunch of fiery debris, like a lot of fiery debris is in this giant tunnel through the earth. Like there, probably not a, very much. That's a cool it's, like thing. That's like a cool like writing prompt. You know, I, I agree, but it is an insignificant amount of mass compared to the it's rest gonna of the earth. It's going to be so much fucking damage in the sequel, Ben. Just you wait. <laughs> Well, and I, I guess actually that raises another question, which is they removed a it's probably still an insignificant amount of mass from the Earth, but but a pretty hefty amount. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, did they fuck up the the orbit? Where did they put that? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. They could have just moved it somewhere else into the the no zone or the or the the no no parts. What those yeah, are called? yeah. I, I, how can you not? Th- when when I heard them say what Jessica Biel or someone in the movie was like, it's the no zone or whatever. I was like. That has a clear meaning this day and age. If you hear the no zone, you think no, no zone. You think like the joke of like, don't touch me there. Or maybe you think more seriously of don't touch me there. It's not, it's not a good, it's not a good name at all. No, and I don't know that that was different in 2012. Yeah, that's a good point. I I don't don't... remember what the, do you remember there was a similar area in V for Vendetta? Like there was like where the sickness the was zone? it was similar to the uh, no no oh, zone but... I, I thought you were saying there's a similar area to a child's genitals <laughs> um <laughs> no i i don't remember what it was called now. okay yeah yeah but it's it's very similar I, I don't remember it probably because it just has a nondescript name that isn't fucking stupid like the no zone well so okay i i think if i remember right at the very latest that this became a thing it was from that Look what I can do, kid on Mad TV. Oh, right? okay, yeah, yeah, Michael McDonald. Yep. So when was that? Like that was at the very latest that this became a thing. Sure, and that was way earlier than this movie. So, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like the no no zone. Don't touch me in my no no zone. You know, don't travel by train to my no no zone. It's, it's all there. This is my no no square. Do not touch me there. There's some like rhyme or something about that. I, I swear, I swear. But yeah, I uh, I think that should be the sequel. Uh, we should have a whole fall trilogy, the fall trilogy. You know, um, and then and then so each each it's a trilogy of movies about the fall. First one just called the fall because that's fine, and you can have movies titled the same thing. You know, the the second it's actually illegal. The, <laughs> it's gonna be an indie film. We'll be fine. But then somewhere in the sequels, like, it'll be the fall, like, two sequels will be fall, colon, and then a subtitle. One of them has to be the fall, colon, rising. <laughs> I think that would be two an fall, excellent. Two fall, two rise. <laughs> two <Is> fall, that... <laughs> two rise. <laughs> or, or, oh, no, this is even better. It's the fall, colon, 
this time we're going up or something like that, you know? No, okay, so that has to be the third movie because the second movie just has – so it's the fall, and then it's the fall we're past the core, and then it's the the fall this time we're going up. Okay, okay. Yo, that's good. Yeah, that, 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 or no, the just... fall we're approaching the core. Yes, yes. Yeah, we or, have the, or, the three yeah. phases. No, I like that. I like that. <laughs> Sold. Okay. So the fall's pretty cool. The other thing that I found insanely interesting that I once again wanted the whole movie to be about, there is a scene where Jessica Biel is driving a car and a car chase is happening. Colin Farrell's mm. in the passenger seat. And there is a moment where she says, here, you drive. And oh, yeah. passes him the steering wheel. And yeah, I was I... like, well, now you've got me intrigued. That's a neat fucking idea. <laughs> A- absolutely uh but you know i couldn't help but be a little practical about it and i was like are they moving the whole steering column like how is this is this just like digitally controlling the steering column so then i mean that would work if if you just had something that was like reading its its relative position uh it's I a think, relative angular position I think and you're then missing the occam's razor solution to this this uh question and it's that the cars are transformers and they can just shift around as as okay. quickly and fluidly as they need to. <laughs> no, that makes sense. You're right. You're right. I can't believe I missed that. <laughs> that that would be great to do like a one of those YouTube things. Be like ten things you missed about Total Recall 2012. <laughs> Number six: the cars are actually transformers. <laughs> <laughs> Is this a cracked article? Yes, that's... exactly. Okay. <laughs> it's some cracked.com bullshit. Um, but yeah, that car thing was awesome. I was like, oh, wow, that cool. is a neat idea. Um, way better than uh, the Jessica uh... Biel using a gun. Uh, women aren't even allowed to touch guns. I think. <laughs> let's right. talk. Let's talk about Jessica Biel because I don't think she's great in this movie. I think <sighs> I think she's uh, she is Jessica Biel, but I don't even. Think I, that yeah, I was gonna say I'm I'm so biased um... <laughs> in favor of Jessica Biel that I don't know that I can like sub- objectively talk about this. Uh, I I don't think she's great. But I loved her in Seventh Heaven, personally. Okay, okay. Uh, did you like her in uh, what's that? I now pronounce in you Chuck and Blade Larry. Two. Oh, Blade two. I, I I like seeing that much of her. Uh, like, you like seeing she, her yeah, get she was... groped by Adam Sandler. <laughs> you know, not specifically, but the, what she was wearing while it happened. Okay. <laughs> she was uh, Jessica Biel for this movie and one other that I didn't write down, but it was kind of like a dual nomination. Uh, was nominated for worst supporting actress at the Razzies. <laughs> Um, and I always really? like to, that yeah, yeah, it was, it was this with one other thing, which I didn't know what it was and I didn't write it down. So I, uh, maybe I'll put a correction, but it was something I'd never heard of. Yeah. They just, they just didn't like her. But I think also the Razzies very like famously, they just don't like women, you know? And, and that that's okay. like, that's like maybe 20% a joke. They are very kind of, their track record is very misogynistic, but whatever. I did want to bring up though, Jessica Biel, well, like I said, <laughs> you know, if a woman had said that to me, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have given it any credit. But for you to say that to me. So is that is that too far? Is that a good joke? I don't know. Uh, no, am I a bad man that did a good are, joke? You are or am I, a... <laughs> I think you're a bad man that did a bad joke. I think oh, it's bad all around. That's uh-huh. not one of the options. I did want to bring up though that Jessica Beale, like I said, is just nominated for this Razzie, loses out to uh Rihanna in Battleship. 
Oh, uh, I know oh you've God. seen Battleship. Yeah, I have. <laughs> uh, I haven't, but Rihanna was the worst actress, supporting actress that year. Uh, the only reason I remember Rihanna's in that movie, even though I've never seen it, is because she was all over the trailers. Did, okay, but did that movie also get like the worst fucking movie idea ever? award uh, or something because like that's that's a good if question. it didn't then that is clear misogyny because she's not <laughs> she's not any worse than that script is that i can i okay. i've never seen it i know I, I don't remember it I, sh- I have seen it i don't remember her acting in it but i can guarantee she's no worse than that script is that sounds believable i totally believe <laughs> you there <laughs> you know what now i actually want to i actually want to pull it up to see what else happened at that razzie's because I could totally see Battleship getting a bunch of awards or and nominations at least. Is it just me or is this episode clearly been an, an uh, attempt by us to not discuss this movie? Oh no, that is a hundred percent what it has been so far. <laughs> okay, I'm hitting. Okay. I have. I have a handful. You, you of points. are hitting points. I have a You're handful of them that are nowhere near as many as I usually do, and I'm trying to sprinkle them in. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I guess I hit a lot of points out the gate, so. Mine were all bad. But. So Battleship does not get worst picture at the Razzies that year. T- the Twilight Saga colon Breaking Dawn Part 2, a hyphen Part 2, gets worst picture. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Another thing that's nominated is something called The Oogie Loves in the Big Balloon Adventure. I don't know. That seems <laughs> that seems like they misstep. That seems like a banger, sounds, okay? Sounds like gold. <laughs> Uh, I want to see what else Battleship got nominated for. Uh, we're supporting actor Liam Neeson in that movie. Uh, Rihanna, Rihanna won for worst supporting actress, as we said. Uh, Peter Burr got nominated for worst director. The Twilight guy won. Uh, got, worst screenplay. Okay. Do they always those always go hand in hand? Like worst movie and worst director? Like some with the nominations? Yeah, yeah, that usually happens. Uh, and then it was nominated for the worst screen ensemble, but lost to the Twilight movie. So it just like like literally the nomination is the on the entire cast of Battleship, like the ensemble is like all the actors in the movie. So they're just like, what's the worst collection of actors in a movie? <laughs> okay, I mean, I guess I feel like they're kind of reaching. Like, how different is that from just this is the worst movie? I have no idea. That they they it's an awards show. It's based off the. You know, Oscars. What, Rob, I expect you to have all the answers when you tell me about anything. Well, how is it? It's different because they're different words, Ben. That's the answer. <laughs> oh. A collection of actors is not the same words as a movie. <laughs> I, you know, I, I never, a movie. never considered that. Uh, um, so yeah, tune in next week for Battleship. They told where, me uh, that at a movie. At a movie. <laughs> <laughs> tune in next week where Ben gets to defend Peter Berg as his fourth favorite director. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Battleship is definitely a remake. Um, yeah, of the uh, of the classic um, commercial that the board game was related to. <laughs> it's a remake of the commercial that was on television for the board game. You know, that's a, a mi- common misconception. They think it's a film adaptation of the board game. It's actually a remake of, an, a remake of the commercial. I don't a, think the Razzies got that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a reimagining that is eerily similar to the concept of the board game itself. But you don't have to confuse the two. <laughs> now, now we're getting into the no zone. Um, <laughs> so, uh, don't touch my no-no square. Don't touch my no-no square. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. Oh, oh, well, okay, here's one thing that popped up we have to talk about. I 100% never knew. Even without, you know, never seeing this movie, I knew that, like, Colin Farrell was the lead. I knew Brian Cranston was the bad guy. That was big news when he got cast. It's like, oh, is, from Breaking Bad, is he going into yeah, movies yeah. and stuff, you know? I did not know 
that John, John Cho shows, shows up for one scene with fucking <laughs> bleached blonde hair, a pencil thin goatee. He looks odd. <laughs> I, you you better believe it. When I saw John Cho, I was like, "Hey, John Cho's in this." Yes, I was very excited. He, he he's a great actor, mm-hmm. and his one scene is awesome. And he gets to be in the scene, which is like, uh, it's it's it is well done in this movie, and I, I think it's hard to mess up such a good scene. But like when our main character Quaid goes into the recall machine, and mm. and the big switch happens, where like something seemingly goes wrong. I mean, that's just a great scene, you know. In the original, I love it like that. That I, so I did watch that scene in the original. Okay, in the original, I at no point was like, oh, he's just in the simulation. I was like, oh, he's he's fucked up now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whereas in in this movie, I was like, oh, he's. I think he's he might just be in the simulation. Yeah, because I so think like John... I don't know if that's better or worse. Sure, sure. John Cho has that line in the in the remake where he's like, you know, when when the when the switch happens and things starts to go wrong, he says like, take that needle out of him or get that needle out of him before it takes or something like that. Yeah. And so they're laying it on pretty thick that it's like, oh, did it take? Like, is he in there? That type of thing. All right, let's get this show on the road. Get ready to save the world. Happy trails, man. You can tell me all about it when you get... Wait. What? Shit. Shit? What is it? What's wrong? Yank that needle out before it takes. What is it? What's wrong? You lied. Lied about what? Son of a bitch. Look, I don't have a mistress. What are you talking about? You're a goddamn spy. Yeah, it's not as seamless as the original, but still, I love that idea. Like, that's a cool action movie idea of just like, you know, oh my god, shit just went left real quick. And John Cho's good at that when he pulls out the gun and he's like, you lied to us or whatever. I'm like, right. I'm, in, I'm into that for sure. Definitely. Him pulling out the gun is maybe the reason that I was like, okay, this is still the simulation. Sure, sure. It's like, why does he have a gun? Yeah, it was odd that it just phased into his hand, you know? And you're like, oh, I guess that's just future tech in this movie. <laughs> but But that was... That was something I was unclear about in the first movie. The you know the original art. Are you supposed to think that throughout, or are you supposed to think that he's not in the simulation throughout? And then maybe the was it all a dream at the end is a little more impactful. Yes, that's that's how it comes across for sure. Okay, so it's like okay, well, so okay, so in in this movie they they did it worse because it's like oh this could be the simulation from the beginning yeah yeah and even and not only did they do that but like i said then they just conveniently remember it and lay it on super heavy again like this whole scene with bakim woodbine his friend who shows up and he's like we're in your in the office and recall like we're trying to i came in here to get you out you know that whole encounter like that goes on for a while yeah i so i i definitely took that scene again this is maybe his generous interpretation i took that scene to be like them trying to persuade him to stop. Like I, I took it like Harry's part of the, the plan yeah. part of the, the, the bad guys. And this is his attempt at like, this is just their attempt at getting this done without bloodshed because for whatever reason, they still want him alive. Yeah. Some, something like that. I, I don't think they ever explicitly say it in this movie, but I definitely got the sense that like uh, the friend was just another like planted person in his life. Like the wife. Right. Right. And yeah, totally on his side, that type of thing. Uh, what would you, what would you do if you were confronted with this? Like you're in a simulation, you, you need to do something to get out of it. What would you, how would you, what would your response be? Because I I know what I would do. I would start blasting. Do I know I'm in a everybody. simulation? No, you're just told by somebody. So what I'm saying is, somebody comes to me and says you're in a simulation. I'm going aggro immediately. <laughs> All right. Well, so physicists have been telling us we're in a simulation for a while now. 
Well, then, <laughs> this is the end of the episode because I'm about to flip my fucking table over. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I if somebody told me that I was in a simulation, like the the real answer, I would think that that person was crazy. Sure. Okay. But if I found myself in a situation where it was like, oh, I don't, I actually don't know if I'm in the simulation or not, the way that that uh, Doug Quaid does in this movie. Mm-hmm. Doug Quaid, also known as Henry Reed, also known as Doogie Hauser. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, so that is one thing. This, and I'm sure the original, from the sounds of it, maybe does a better job. This movie does bring up the, the idea that, like, if something is true in your brain, it is true for you. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And and that that actually connects to the, this, this kind of dumb idea that people say about, like, you know, their lived experience or whatever. It's like, yeah, you have this thing in your brain that you believe you experienced, and therefore that is your reality, but that doesn't make it real. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that this movie is, or at least, again, the original idea seems to be kind of about that that idea. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm glad you bring this up, because I want to, uh, one of the more interesting things, I think, that I was thinking about while watching this movie, because it, I was very much unengaged, is this notion of the recall machine, this this putting memories in people's heads, and that is basically, like, what it does. That's what we're told it does. We're not really given any specifics in this movie in the original. I don't even think the short story is, like, very much, you know, specific about anything for I'm the sure recall machine. Not. Oh, yeah, exactly, because it's a, a sci- sci-fi it's like, topic. Oh, it's you chemistry, know? and we just do a chemistry thing, yeah, and suddenly you yeah. have a memory. But, you know, like, in, in all these things, it's it's implanting these memories. In the movies, in particular, it's very much like, oh, we can make it so... Uh, why go? Why actually go on a vacation when you can just remember the vacation? You know that type of thing. Sure. I'm more interested in can we like how do we push this to its limits? Like, can we give you? I'm sure you can, but it's just not done because that it's it wouldn't be good for business. But like, is there some weird black market like torture thing where somebody gets kidnapped because they owe a lot of money and you use the recall machine to give them bad memories? Give them memories that they're like child dying in front of them yeah kind of like things that like like horrible events that like never happened you know like can it maybe I, you know the there one would you... be a market for that actually. exactly oh, i don't absolutely. think that it would be strictly a bad thing i think that there would be people who are like i like scary movies i want to go have my brain think i'm in a scary movie sure exactly um are there are, are there like people playing pranks on their friends where they you know they get drunk and pass out and so they put their friend the drunk friend into the recall machine and they give him memories that he shit his pants or something like that. I don't know, you know. It's like... and, and while he's experiencing that memory, he actually does shit his <laughs> pants. It's great. And then that causes the paradox in the machine, and we have to lobotomize because <laughs> <laughs> you know the can't memories can't be thing. true. And so, it, yeah. It... <laughs> well, actually, it turns out that he has just shit his pants before, and <laughs> that's how everyone finds out. What happened to Ted? We had to lobotomize him. We fucked up. We tried to recall him into shit in his pants, and turned out he shit his pants. Be like, what a loser! <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, I, I keep going. Can it give you? I'm assuming. Well, I, when I say can it give you, Ben, I'm not really asking for an answer to yes or no because I know we don't know that. I, I'm just saying this more as my way to list these ideas that I've had regarding it. Sure. Okay. Like, gotcha. Like, can can we give somebody the memories of something that has yet to happen or physically? I, see, I feel like you're happen. really intruding on snacks right now. It, this is in the snacks section of my notes. <laughs> okay, so maybe so we should save this for snacks. Okay, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I didn't. I, I felt like we were going to have a more <laughs> philosophical conversation about it, but I mean, no, no, you're you're good, you're good. Let's go. So okay, Let's can 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 it give you memories of things that have yet to happen, or can it give you memories of things you can't physically do? The two examples I thought of were: 
Could you somehow implant a memory so that, like, someone would remember that they died? But clearly they haven't died. My other thing is, can you, can you have, can you give a memory to somebody of, like, let's say a biological male, can you give them a memory that they gave birth to a human child, like a woman? <laughs> can you do these things? This is what well, I'm interested in with the recall machine. Like, longer what than two weeks we is have? more expensive, so nine months is probably going to be... <laughs> You're probably going to be pricey, but I don't see why not. It seems like you can do pretty much anything. And like, in I know at least in the original, the guy's like, take a vacation from yourself because you suck. Yes, um, yes. And, you know, maybe the way you take a vacation from yourself is by being a pregnant lady for a while. <laughs> I don't. I like that phrase. That that should definitely be on a little brochure at our, at our recall uh, office where we're like, you know, do you want to try being pregnant? <laughs> so we offer it all. I definitely don't see why not. Given that they can, so here's the thing: like with with, with being able to insert experiences. Oh, okay, no, I guess I I guess I kind of talked myself out of it as I was trying to formulate the way I was going to say it. It's like you're inserting experiences, but I feel like there's there's kind of a component like this in Inception where it's like if it's too far from yes something that might happen that it your brain's going to reject be, it. Yeah, your brain re- will reject it, and you know maybe that's the case. So maybe it's like I don't know. I I don't know. That's a fascinating take. I, I like that that take that, you know, if, if your brain can't handle it, it's, of course, going to lead to horrible things. But it, it's like, can you imagine hearing a story about a guy who paid someone to use some technology to give him memories of him birthing a child and it killed him? Like, that's crazy. <laughs> he, he died giving birth. He huh? died giving birth. Yes. <laughs> it happens all the time. No, um... That would be insane. <laughs> I, that so, is a fantastic scenario. <laughs> I, I was initially going to take the stance that I think if you can inject memories into somebody that you can make them remember anything, uh, regardless of whether or not it is is even remotely possible. Yeah, yeah. And and I, and I think probably that – like I don't think that our brain is going to have a way to be like, no, that's fake memories. Like get that shit out of here. Mm-hmm. I think that when you remember it, you might be like, this is weird. Uh, you know, like this doesn't feel right. Yeah, yeah. But I think that it would still be in there. So I, th- I think that that you would you would still be able to implant some memories like that. Okay. Uh, I I guess I I also had a question like when they're implanting the memories, does the person feel like they're experiencing it, or is it just after the fact they get to like recall these things? In in terms of the movie, both movies, I would say there is some level of like experience, like an experiential thing. I, I imagine in, in – I think more so in the original, if I'm remembering correctly. I would imagine, though, that, you know, the – from the way that the um, – what, the coworker at the uh, police robot manufacturing plant that introduces or tells – not introduces, but tells Colin Farrell about recall and tells him who to find. The way he talks about it, he's, he seems like he didn't experience it. He just remembers these things, which I was interested by that idea. Like, what would it feel like? To, to just have a memory of a thing that you yeah. didn't ever experience. So I was also the you know like from the standpoint of like the the technical application or the, or the technical like ability to make this happen, it would be a lot easier if you could just make them experience it because then they would develop an actual memory of sure, that. Sure, sure. And I think in both movies they say something along the lines of like he's not ever going to want to come out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Which definitely makes me think that it's an experience. Yeah, yeah. As well as a memory, but they market it like it's just a memory, which I find yep. very strange. Exactly, exactly. I I guess it would it would 
And you just wake up and like you'd you'd be able you'd have access to to parts of a movie in your head because your memory's not that good. Yes, you know oh, what yeah. I mean. Like, yeah, definitely, definitely. Like, like when I and maybe I'm a special case in in the not so good a memory direction. But like when I look back on like times that I visited my family or or whatever whatever thing I did that is memorable, I don't get like action shots. I get like moments mm-hmm. with feelings attached to them. Sure, essentially. Sure. And I and I don't get very many of those. Okay. And I kind of need a lot of priming to bring them up. Yeah. So if it's just a memory, I'm not getting shit out of it. I will never think about it. Gotcha. Like I would I would need them to then show me pictures of the events or something <laughs> yeah. so that I that I can be like, Oh yeah, that thing. You know, and then maybe I'd be able to recall everything about it. But without the priming, I'm just not there. So yeah, I don't know. I I think that I there there's more reasons I wouldn't partake in the product, but I just don't think it would work very well for me. Sure. I got you. Unless it was experiential. Um, I would go to recall and have them implant the memory of me watching the movie Total Recall. <laughs> and then, it, but it actually being good? Is that... uh, no, I, I think the, uh, it would just be. It, then it turns out that everything I've just described is a movie. And um, <laughs> it's the ultimate twist because the audience thought it was real life, but it was a movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I, the whole movie is about me wondering if I'm actually watching Total Recall or if it's just a fantasy. At, at the end, you're like, "Was that a dream? <laughs> is that a dream? <laughs> Did this thing that didn't happen actually not happen, or really not happen?" <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, I do want to mention some minor things at the end. So Arnold Schwarzenegger was in the original. I did find uh, a quote from him. He was using this, uh, from what I found, in context of, like, rehashes and remakes. I think, if I'm remembering correctly, the interviewer said something like, oh, they're planning on making... uh, It might have been the other, you know, Terminator movie. Terminator Dark Fate. It might have been that one, if I have my timeline right. Where, you know, it talked about how Arnold and... Um, Linda Hamilton from the original like Terminator and Terminator 2 they're in this version and I think it was coming up it's like you know do you think they're ever gonna you know reboot or like remake something remakes came up in that in that notion and Arnold Schwarzenegger is quoted as saying uh, someone tried to do a remake of Total Recall how stupid is that Jesus (laughs) (laughs) so now let's try that with Arnold Schwarzenegger affectation put on someone tried to do a remake of Total Recall how stupid is that? Jesus. <laughs> I went a little into no. like, into like, let uh, me be clear. Uh, ran or Stimpy or whichever one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, apparently Arnold Schwarzenegger said it was, uh, how stupid is, well, he, he just said, how stupid is that? Knowing Arnold Schwarzenegger, he might have legitimately been asking. He might have been looking <laughs> for an answer, you know? <laughs> that was not rhetorical. Is that stupid? <laughs> Give me an answer. <laughs> I'm sure my Arnold Schwarzenegger is as bad as my every other accent. <laughs> right on. <laughs> and then I, I think also speaking of accents, I, I did want to mention well, I have a singular sentence written down uh, in my notes. It says Obama's on the future money. <laughs> oh, Jarvis actually narrates a, a a news scene in this. Really? I think so. Okay. I didn't, okay. I didn't look it up, but it's like whenever he's talking about the the like railway crash or whatever the oh, thing sure. that Rory has to go. I'm pretty sure that that's Jarvis. Interesting. Um, like not the actor that voices Jarvis. It's actually Jarvis. It's, <laughs> so you're not saying it's Paul Bettany. You're saying yeah. it is the actual Jarvis from the documentaries known as the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. 
Gotcha. I'm glad we're on the same page. Uh, Obama <laughs> is on the future money, though. Are we on the same page with that? Is he? Yeah, I think there, there's definitely a scene where it shows like someone taking out money and, and Obama's on a bill. Oh, I, I guess I didn't know You this. missed the best part of the movie, then. <laughs> Obama's on the future money. Obama's on the future money. Okay, come on. No, let uh, me be clear. <laughs> if you if you want to see me on the future money, <laughs> if, if you use this money to buy a hamburger, well, you're going to get to see Obama. I don't. Know. <laughs> I like that ending. I don't. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else you wanted to highlight about uh, Future Money or Total Recall? Or do you have a really good, like, Peter Griffin voice you can do for us? I don't know. Who else can you the do? An- <laughs> and, uh, the answer to, to do I have a good any voice is no. Uh, I don't even have a good regular voice. Let's do that. That's good podcasting. If we just do a solid 20 <laughs> minutes of us imperson- badly impersonating <laughs> certain people, right? That's that's good content, you know? Get down. Get to the chopper. That Oh, that was a horrible Peter Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even the kind of thing he would say. What's a like? So yeah, like Peter Griffin, Homer Simpson, SpongeBob, any of those classic like cartoon nope. characters. We That's, could do a so bunch bad. of. Nope. Per, that was perfect, nope. Ben. It's nope. like Dan Castellaneta's <laughs> on the episode with us. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay, let's do that. Let's do twenty minutes of voices. <laughs> And we're back from 20 Minutes of Voices. <laughs> uh, ben, any other things you want to highlight from uh, Rob, Total Recall? A lot of the stuff you said in that 20 Minutes was very offensive. I think we might need to edit it out. Uh, that's gonna. I'm going to highlight it in audacity, like highlight the chunk of the episode that needs to be edited out. But at the and last moment, the volume. no, the last moment, because there's a there's a button in audacity where you can. Um, you know, cut the exterior of your selection so everything you don't have highlighted. Oh, yes. But it's then, just going to be that. No, but then right – exactly. I, <laughs> I'm i going to want to cut – I'm going to want to hit the button that's right next to it, which is just delete the highlighted section. But at the last minute, I'm going to slip and delete everything else and also somehow stumble onto the repeat and make louder. And then play it in reverse at the end for, you know, because we're not breaking tradition or anything. <laughs> and then you're going to look at the camera and be like, but was it a dream? But was it a dream? <laughs> did it actually not happen? And I do, I hope, I, 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 you know, I hope that it's going to be good because uh, in that 20 minutes, you did a really, we found you could do a really good Colin Farrell impersonation. So that was good. Um, I don't <laughs> yeah, know, we didn't know like why that Farrell happened. But yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah, yeah, it was interestingly enough. <laughs> Are you going to put enough, in the clip of Colin Farrell there? <laughs> Colin Farrell and Lois Griffin. You do really well. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm I'm glad that someone knows that now. Peter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, total Recall. What do you got? Anything final? Any final thoughts on your third favorite director? I I guess while watching this movie, until I understood what it was about, I enjoyed it. Okay. Okay. So before a, the a story pu- really kicked in. Uh, yeah. So like, we're just like, we're seeing, you know, he, he goes through this thing and then it's like, oh, he's, he's in a simulation and we're watching a simulation now for some reason. And then he's like going, there's all these action sequences. And I was like, oh, these action sequences are all right. And then he fights Laurie in his house. And I'm like, I don't think you're allowed to hit women. (laughs) 
even when they're shooting at you. Um, and then, you know, he, he ends up in a car chase and I'm like, Oh, that's pretty cool. And then they, and then like we get to, I, I think it's like the 50 minute mark. Like that car chase stops mm-hmm. and we're, we're at Henry Reed's house. Okay. I think Obama's house. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Obama's house. Yeah. And, uh, and then he talks to the piano and I was just like, so this plot doesn't make any fucking sense then. <laughs> Like at, at that moment, I was like, definitely. I, was like, <laughs> I know exactly so like, what you mean. I had that's actually a great way to put it because that you described like my experience, except with like engagement. Except I didn't start as where I was like okay with it. I was like kind of disengaged from the beginning. Him talking to the fucking floating Ethan Hawke head on the piano, I was like fully checked out at that point. <laughs> I was like, this is nonsense. <laughs> You know, from a sci-fi perspective, that's not too bad. Like a, a little recorded video. Like, I mean, we get that with with Superman and talking to his parents, Cal El, where it's like you know, or not Jor El, I think is his dad's name, where where like Jor El can actually answer some questions, but not yeah. everything. Yeah, like that's totally a thing in sci-fi. So oh, like, yeah, I, I wasn't like upset yeah. with that, but it's just like when they're like, he, they changed your face because they <laughs> insert reason, like fucking nothing. No reason. They didn't change his face for any goddamn reason. Like, why would they want to make it harder for him to get back to the resistance? And Colin Farrell's like, well, my face? They changed my face? Oh! Like, he's, like, so confused, and he's horrible. It's, it's it. like when you show a baby a mirror. And then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a good point when, uh, when you know, Ethan Hawke's like, he's like, this is your original face. And Colin Farrell just starts sobbing uncontrollably, like wailing, you know? <laughs> 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 and and all the stupid hologram can say is, you know, I am not programmed to respond to that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I will not dignify that with a response. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so like, I, you know, I I can give it like the the sci fi elements. Some of them are pretty neat. Like the the gun they had, where they it wraps lights around people, and then you can just throw them around all willy nilly. Oh, like yeah. that was kind of yeah. cool. Um, you know, they, they did some neat sci-fi things. There were plenty of decent action scenes. And, and like, like you said, the, the moving cubes, which I, I have, I spent longer than I should have trying to think of what to call it. Cause it's not an elevator, but it's like an elevator. It's a cube evader. An all, no, it's an all elevator. I just it's figured a, it's it out. It's a cube evader, Ben. Rob, it's an all elevator. No, cube evader is better. All, all. You, all you just, you just right. keep saying words that aren't cube evader. <laughs> So like you know they're on the elevator, cubivating the uh, Cuba, around. Cubivating is a good word. I like that. You know. <laughs> so I was you know like that was that was kind of a neat idea. Like it wasn't it wasn't the most engaging sci-fi action sequence ever or anything like that, but it was kind of decent. And then the movie just comes to a grinding halt, and they and they try to make me think that the plot makes sense. And they would have been better off to never tell me the plot. Yeah, I think sure. And, sure. and that's coming from a story-oriented person. Like I would have been better off just continuing to see action scenes than for them to to tell me like, oh, we changed his face so that he couldn't get back to them. But you don't you don't think that the resistance is going to think, why didn't they fucking kill you? Yeah. Yeah. Like they they had you sedated long enough to change your goddamn face. They should have killed you. You're not thinking four dimensionally, Ben. Okay. So you telling me you telling me that you can't tie knots in a in a sheet of paper because it's in four dimensions? I'm saying if you could do that, you would understand this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm saying anyway. they're equivalent. 
Um, no, I I, actually, in kind of a weird, not a weird way, in kind of a, in a, in a maybe a slightly different, coming from a different foundation, knowing that I, I really do enjoy the original, I'm with you that I, I would have probably liked this movie better, and I'm very certain of that, if this didn't have the plot. If this was just a, not even, I mean, let, f- fine, still a total, co- total Recall remake to some extent, but it was just a basic action movie that threw out this convoluted plot, I would have liked it better. I would have still had many problems with it as a remake, but I would have been like, I wouldn't have been like, oh, at least it's just this soulless thing. It's it's more of like, you know, it's it's more straightforward and probably just more, you know, turn your brain off and just let it glaze over I, you and, and enjoy it. Instead of here, I'm like, I'm turning my brain off and not enjoying it because they're cramming all this exposition into me. I have to disagree. It's not soulless. It has a soul and that soul is going to rot in hell. <laughs> <laughs> its soul exists, but it is small, shriveled and damned for eternity. <laughs> I, you know, I... I actually don't disagree, but I couldn't resist that opportunity. No, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> it's souls in limbo in purgatory. There you go. Yeah. Until somebody decides whether or not it's actually a movie. <laughs> I was so frustrated. It's like the, the opening, it's also it's also decent and and I'm like, "Oh, great. This is going to be a decent like sci-fi action movie. I'm I'm pretty excited about it. We're going to get to explore some like you know, like I said, some sort of like back and forth of like, is he in the machine? Is he not in the machine? We don't get any of that. Yeah. None of that. Mm-hmm. And then it just, they just come up with a plot that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, why would they, why would they want to make it harder for him to get back to the resistance? Why would they erase his memory if the whole point is to get him to Matthias? I will send you this recording. So you can listen back to it and write down all the questions you have for uh, Len Wiseman in your upcoming for the interview. Fan club. Yes, exactly. So because okay. you should not miss any of these opportunities uh, okay. to talk to him about about these. I should movies. just make him listen to clips of this. <laughs> that would, yeah, I'm, sure. I'm, why not? Me yeah. screaming about it. <laughs> I should, and you know, I know screaming is normally your stick for this. Sorry, sorry if I stole the spotlight. No, that's good. I had good. a lot now, to. Now, I had a lot to rant about. No, I'm very much. Enjoying the idea of you sitting down with Len Wiseman, who I don't, I do not know what Len Wiseman looks like, so I'm just imagining a, a random person. Ben is sitting in a room with in an interview like format, and Ben just going, um, you know, we covered uh, your movie Total Recall 2012 on on our podcast, and you know, I would like to play a few clips for it uh, because they I think they bring up some points uh, about this movie that we would like to get your thoughts on. And then it's like you hit the play button on like a tape recorder or something, <laughs> and it just cuts to like. <laughs> You doing Homer Simpson, <laughs> like, like you know, Marge, I'm Homer, you know, just for like three minutes, and then it like cuts back. They're like, "Hey, Peter, remember the time?" And then it's just, like, and then it's, and then you end it, and you go, and thoughts. <laughs> and Len Wiseman would be like, you know, when I put that into the movie, I thought. <laughs> I guess that I'm also going to take a page out of your playbook that I, that I normally kind of disagree with, but in this movie, I I'm starting to understand maybe why you say this sometimes. There were a lot of ideas they could have explored that they didn't. Yes, exactly. And, exactly. and I don't – normally my defense for a movie that doesn't explore all those ideas is that the story is strong enough that those ideas are hinted at and you can think about them on your own or you cannot and you can get a good story and enjoy yourself or you can get a deep philosophical uh, experience mm-hmm. and, and stroke yourself um, you know, <laughs> mentally. But this movie doesn't have that strong story element. Nope. There's no. there's not like we didn't explore the philosophy so for the sake of making a good and palatable movie. They didn't explore the philosophy, period. Yep, they didn't. But you know what they did have, yeah. Ben? 
A woman with three breasts. With three breasts. A woman yeah. with three breasts, which is uh, one right. of the things they do take from the original. There is a woman with three right. breasts in the original. Um, but in the originals, she's a mutant on Mars because the the early colonizers of Mars or the early humans that went to Mars in the original got all fucked up because the technology wasn't good and a bunch of radiation messed them up and gave a woman mm. a third breast. Um, is it just like plastic surgery in this movie? Is that the implication that just some woman had I, another breast put on her? I I guess so. I don't really. I didn't really understand. Yeah, it just kind of popped up, and I was like, "Oh, that's yeah. how they're doing this." <laughs> Speaking of of the radiation bit in the no zone, there actually is supposedly some amount of radiation, and the protective gear that they wear are face masks. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that much about radiation. And they're the they're like the COVID face masks that we wear now. You know. Like, they're the blue, thin the ones. The paper ones? It's really, really, like, you can tell. They they spent that budget somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like, there was a moment where I was just like, do, do they expect me to believe that this is protecting his entire body from radiation? <laughs> and then I realized I was thinking about it too much. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and yeah, I went back to whatever I was doing before that. That's the key. That's the key. Absolutely. Oh, man. Yeah. Three breasts. I hear you. <laughs> I, you know, it just it feels so weird to me because like I normally I'm normally the one who's like I'm going to defend this movie because I think the story is decent enough and, and whatever. And it's just it is so weird for me that this movie has like zero redeeming qualities. Yep, I'm with you, and I, I'm, it is interesting that you have that that uh, stance as well. I'm with you there as well. But it's uh, it, it's it's a uh, it's it's the movie. To, to do it. I think it is actually that movie, you know? <laughs> the perfect exemplar to, to finally show something like that to you. It's the, the textbook the per- definition. The textbook definition of no redeeming qualities? Exactly. <laughs> of a of movie as a product, for sure. I should actually show this to my dad because, he, you know, for the longest time he said that I was the biggest failure on Earth. And now he can <laughs> oh, see <God>. this movie. <laughs> I did not expect you to go there, man. That was something. <laughs> You know whether that's true or not. I'll I'll leave it up to you. Maybe it was a dream. Maybe the thing that didn't happen actually didn't happen. Wrong. Maybe this entire memory you have of your dad calling you a failure and a disappointment never actually happened, and it was it was implanted. It was oh. it was inceptized. Uh, I do have to tell you though, the memory you have of you shitting your pants, you did shit your pants. That's that's real. <laughs> I, I I didn't implant that one. <laughs> you just did it. It was it's just a fact. <laughs> All right, Ben, are you ready for our questions? Uh, yeah, hopefully I haven't been uh, too repetitive with my the thing that I, didn't happen actually didn't happen. No, you're, you're fine. Um, and if, and <laughs> I just if, been, if anybody it, critiques it and says you said it too many times, it'd be like, well, half the times he said it, were, or the amount of times he'd need to not say it to get it down to a reasonable level, that was all a dream. So you said it the reasonable amount of times. <laughs> this episode is critic-proof for that reason. Uh, we can there just say go. it was a fantasy. <laughs> That's what makes it lazy writing. I have to. Um, I, I I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure that whoever wrote this, not Len Wiseman, it was written by other people who I didn't recognize and didn't write their names down. Uh, but I'm sure that they were sitting up when they wrote this. You can't call that lazy. I hope that they were actually like exploring the idea of the consequences of of becoming somebody else through implanting memories. <laughs> I and not some some bullshit. Oh, maybe it didn't happen. It's like, well, maybe maybe that's only relevant if he wakes up. Do you think? Do you think they finished the screenplay and then the the, the final page afterwards, it was all blank? But then they wrote, or it said the end, but then they wrote a question mark after it, and they were like, "We got it, we cracked it," you know? It's oh god! <laughs> it also makes me think of it's the um, 
it's it's the, there's a Simpsons joke where it like cuts to the inside like the the writers room for Mad Magazine that type of thing and it is like it's, it's like all these writers and and you know I think I'm pretty sure the first thing we hear is like one of like they're all sitting there in silence like they're looking pensive like they have their notebooks or whatever and like one guy lifts his head and he goes I got it what if it's everybody hates Raymond and then like someone else go- gets up and goes well, the two nights without sleep was worth it. We got our headline or something like that. You know? <laughs> All right, Posse. That's our target. <gasps> Not mad. That's our nation's largest mental illness-themed humor magazine. Why don't we call it Everybody Hates Raymond? Well, we stayed up all night, but it was worth it We can't let LT blow up mad Tina Brown was just starting to turn it around I imagine uh, them writing this movie as that They're like, you know, the end, question mark Well, we did it We deserve ourselves a lunch break, you know (laughs) We did it, boys We did it Oh, well, I don't think it's any surprise That for Cinemodities and Late Night I'm going a hard no to both of these I think the soulless remake, uh, the soulless action movie, the Len Wiseman of it all, it's, it's not odd. It, it's an exemplar, uh, maybe one of the only ones we've had uh, on this podcast, but there's a great handful of them we could dive into more, which we don't want to, of this just churning out movies as product of, of this, these old rehashed IPs. So no to Cinemodities and no to Late Night. I never want to see this again. I mean, I don't want to show this to anybody. I don't want to watch it with anybody. I mean... The original is definitely a late night movie for me, even if it is going to get convoluted story wise, and someone maybe not might not be able to follow it. There's some. It's a Paul Verhoeven movie. He's a great director. There's great special effects. Um, this one has, as you said, Ben, no redeeming qualities, uh, and it also has a no to the answer for both of my questions. What do you got for Cinemodities and Late Night? Uh, no surprises. No across the board. Across the two columns that make up the board. <laughs> They're um, big columns, okay? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I wrote no a bunch of times in each one. Um, yeah, no no across the board. I, I Part of me is tempted to rewatch this movie, but that's just because my, my brain hasn't accepted that there's something that makes this little sense in the world. Mm. And there's like part of me is like, I have to watch it again just to see. If it if I just didn't understand something, I think that you, if you do rewatch it, you should rewatch the other version, the theatrical cut, so that your brain comparing that version to the version you originally watched, the memories of the of you watching this this unrated cut will clash, and you'll become a vegetable and have to get lobotomized. What do you think? Oh, I, I think that would be I, a fun afternoon. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that that's what you want for me. I guess. <laughs> I only I, want the best for you, Ben, and I know that you will have a grand old time. I, I guess I also want to say this movie came out 12 years after Memento, and they didn't learn anything from Memento. <laughs> like, does that – do you get what I'm saying? Like, Memento – fully. I, I don't think fully. I understand what okay, you're saying. So, Memento has this, like, back and forth, and they're, like, trying to figure out what's going on, and we're getting these sure. storylines from two directions. And this movie's just like, maybe it's a dream. Okay, 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 I know what you're saying, yeah, yeah. It's like, why don't why don't we get something that would make it, like, compelling one direction or the other, and then at the end you can fight about it with your friends? Sure, Nothing. sure. And instead it's like, does it matter? Okay, yeah, I'm glad we're in agreement. Snow across the board. Uh, this is, this is, this is a bad one. This is a rough one. It's kind of, okay. uh, kind of what I expected, I should say. I guess, I, I like I said earlier, I didn't expect to dislike it this much. Um, but there's a reason I have not 
watch this. Like I, I haven't even, I've never seen the RoboCop remake. I had never okay. seen this because I had, ne- I've never seen a lot of these. Mod- I'd never seen Ghost in the Shell, uh, of course, that we talked about because I kind of see them all as these p- just turned out products. And this one was very much, unfortunately, fit that category. I think I might have to put Ghost in the. Oh God, they all. I don't think I like any of them really. <laughs> <laughs> That that's interesting. I'm like Ben. We want to do the remake series. There's only four movies we can do. We finally have enough, you know. And uh, it turns out, like this has just been like, what the fuck? <laughs> okay, well then that brings us to the restaurant. Um, let's start with it because you know you said I was creeping into snacks territory earlier. Uh, it basically is just the the heading of this restaurant item, not really a menu item. Uh, it's just like the the statement is how do we use the recall machine in the restaurant. That's what I was getting at. Like, can we give it like weird mem- like memories to people? Oh yeah, who... we we gonna we're gonna generate memories of people watching their family get murdered. Like, <laughs> and <laughs> so what if what if how do we? So it seems like the recall machine can only it's an additive procedure. We can put memories in. We can't. Can we delete mem? I guess we can. Well, can I, we I delete? Don't know. They or can we his over- entire memory and implant a whole new one? Well. So did, do you I, think they deleted that, and then uploaded or just overwrote? Do you th- like which do you think they have the ability to do? They they backed up first, apparently. They did. So that's they, right. They did say that. Okay. Okay. Well, and maybe we just solved the riddle about why it's actually called total recall because they just re- recalled <laughs> the name of the thing. They've implanted a whole personality. Sure. Sure. They recall. <laughs> so okay. What, okay. What do you think about we have some version of the machine where let's say there's a table and maybe it's like a group of four people, and they come in, they eat at the restaurant, they get their, their check, they pay it. Boom! Hit them with the recall machine. They don't remember that they paid it. We put them in an infinite they, loop of paying pay again. until they can't pay for it anymore. And then, so, I mean, yeah. If and we, then, if we on the them, last iteration, because they can't pay for it, we make them do work in the restaurant to make up for it. <laughs> and then they're yeah. trapped there forever. <laughs> <laughs> they were going to be trapped there forever. Anyway. Yeah, but then they're trapped there forever as part of the workforce. <laughs> there you go. That sounds like more steps. Uh, that sounds like uh, hey, that sounds like a with fun steps. Okay, <laughs> these steps are going to be entertaining <laughs> to somebody. If we're allowed to say that. But all That's right. fair. It didn't sound right when it came out of my mouth. I have to I have to admit. Um, how else do we want to use the recall machine in the restaurant? Um, there's um, got to be some great notions to we can use i think i'm really leaning into like you just get to experience something horrible sure sure and that's probably not what we tell you before you go in we probably tell you you get to decide like just think real hard about what you want to experience and that's what you're going to experience Ooh, but make instead them, make them sign a waiver that says like you know any effects of this won't uh you know, like we have no liability that type of thing no oh liability. and we should all we should also af- afterward have a debriefing where we say like uh, that the, the thing you experience actually is a reflection of your personality. <laughs> yeah, there should be like a afterwards, yeah, like a sit down with our on site psychiatrist or therapist, <laughs> and they just lean in to be like, "You are an immensely fucked up person." You know, <laughs> it's like you. I mean, need this is all help. stuff that was already in your brain. We just brought it to the front. Exactly, and, and then yeah. the therapist can funnel them into some other part of the restaurant that we want them to keep spending their money on. You know. Um, <laughs> well, I, I just I like the idea of we're going to convince people that they're bashing insane. You are uh, a fucking horrible person for what you thought of in that recall machine experience. And the only way to get better 
is to buy 50 orders of chicken wings <laughs> in the Cinemodities Do, do we sell broom chocolates? Because I, I think... We have to. I'm sure we put that on there. <laughs> so I, I think that that's... Uh, you have to buy broom chocolates. You have to buy enough broom chocolates to bring back somebody's little girl. She was beheaded. Not by the broom chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> by jihadists. <laughs> That's great. Those infomercials are fucking best. Way better than Total Recall. Um, so I think this is something we can keep open in the restaurant. We can just have the recall machine, and as we uh, think of ways to use it, we'll just you know keep tossing it in there for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, other than that, for the restaurant, I didn't really have anything that you know I was super uh, gung ho about. I mean, like the fall is the other thing I was thinking of, like just having something like that. But I mean, what, what, what is? What, where are we gonna go? Like, what do we? Where do we want to go? <laughs> I so so the fall is also what I thought of, and I I had this very amusing to me because I'm a sick bastard apparently idea of uh, we we take you up to the thing and we're like you get in you know, it's going to take you to to our other cinematic uh, brother restaurant on the other side of the country okay sister restaurant I, is that I don't know uh, anyway then uh, we we set you in it and and like you you get ready to go and and then we just we drop you and and you're gonna hit the ground. Like, like it's not. There's no hole. <laughs> okay, I like that. <laughs> like it's under construction. It's like getting on a train when the tracks aren't fully laid down or something yet. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you just you you fall for a long time and then eventually you just hit something and then it's like oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and you just whack. Okay, okay, right on. Uh, so yeah, so that that would be good. Uh, we can implant fake memories of people into people so that they have experienced that fall and see if we can give people nightmares and shit. Uh, we can definitely and, give people nightmares. That's fun. <laughs> uh, outside of that, I mean, I, those those net collars where it can like turn your face into something else, like that's pretty cool. Oh yeah, okay, that's that's a yeah, that's something we could probably use. Yeah, I mean, just um, let's say that you know we want uh, someone doesn't show up to work and you need to, they need to get covered to have the other person you know look like you look like in them. in certain instances to be like oh yeah they were here I saw them you know that type of right. thing. Um, <laughs> it doesn't seem like. The neck collar thing is, it seems to conveniently fail. Convenient is the word of this, a lot of the stuff in this movie. Um, like, the neck collar just seems to fail when it's just like. When it needs to. Yeah, yeah, for the plot to keep going. Well, and then one one, one of the times it fails, like, he just, like, keeps repeating himself. Like, why the fuck? Why? Yeah. Are we supposed to believe that the neck collar takes whatever it is that he's trying to say and then, like, modulates it and makes it become someone else's voice? And then plays it like it's some kind of recording, and in this case, it got stuck and played the recording multiple times. It it makes no sense in this version because everything it, it's so like just oh, it's making your head look this way, and it should like modulate your voice. You know, it's very sci-fi future tech. Uh, the a similar scene exists in the original, uh, but that is when it, it's Arnold, of course. You know, uh, in in costume, uh, he's in costume. Do you know the scene that we're talking about in the remake with where um so. Uh, our main character Quaid. Quaid is uh, like looking like that that black guy with the like coat on type of thing. But in the four, I, I've I've not seen that not seen yet. No, no. So you haven't seen it in the original, but in in the in the one in the remake, it's the 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 face that freaks out is the one that he's the black guy. You know? Oh, is it? Because he was like a Chinese man, and then like some other white dude. I, well, I his, didn't... his face like switches around, but the one that he is at the start of the scene is the um is the black I guy. It... I thought it was an Asian dude. 
How long are you here? Two weeks. Either way, in the foreground, <laughs> in the foreground of that scene, oh, not God. that character, uh, in the foreground of the scene in the remake, there's a woman and she's dressed up like the costume Arnold wears in the original. And oh. in the original, it is shown that it's not this like super duper like hologram around your head thing. It's like a, a helmet type of thing that Arnold is wearing. And it is made very clear that it's not modulating Arnold's voice. It's just like pre-coded to have a certain set of statements. It has a lot of statements, but the machine, like the helmet, fucks up in the original, and it just keeps saying the phrase two weeks, and then people catch on that it's Arnold and some great practical effects and action ensues. So it makes, I mean, that, that makes, makes more sense. sense in the original where it's like, oh, the, the technology failed him. Where here, it's like the technology failed him, but like you said, with the repetition of the guy's voice, it failed him in a way that doesn't make sense. Like, the failing should just be it switches through a bunch of faces and the guard goes, oh, you have a a fake face on, you know, you're not who you say you are. But there's no reason for this voice to be repeating itself. No, they they definitely don't give us any. I mean, it it could, I suppose it could be the case that it has the limited dialogue options. Um, But I don't know why I would believe that, given the technology. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, because the next time we see it is when Kate Beckinsale has it at the very end, when she comes back to add more action to the fucking... Two two hour plus movie already. Um, yeah, they're like you can pretend to be Molina and try to kill Doug Quaid. Yeah, and I mean it didn't seem like that. I'm, I didn't really think about it in the moment, but that didn't seem like she had you know fixed dialogue options. No. You know, no, it didn't. Fuck this movie. Fuck it, Ben. I hate it. I gave it. I gave it one star. I want to forget it wholesale. <laughs> um, anything else for the restaurant? Because I think I'm all I'm all tapped out. I'm all recalled. I mean, Brian oh, Cranston's in this, so meth. Oh, sure. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, we didn't have cigarettes in this movie, so meth. That's good. And uh, I guess also let's it's add, science, let, bitch. let's just make a, a just, you know, steadfast rule right now. Recalls just don't affect the Cinemodities restaurant, like like the act of recalling products or anything like that. We're just immune to it. You know how, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. oh, my God, I said immune, and I, I, I said immune, but then... <laughs> almost too quickly went into my example that I was going to use. I almost too quickly said, which I now really think I should just go for. Uh, I was going to say, we should be immune to recalls. (laughs) Like Arizona is immune to daylight savings time. (laughs) 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 We choose not to acknowledge it. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good example. Um, But now I want to say to somebody, be like, you know, you know, like Arizona, they're immune to daylight savings time. The earth is just kind of flat there, so the sun doesn't really change or anything, you know, or some shit like that. We get someone on Reddit to believe that, right? I, oh, God, that just reminds me. I saw something earlier today that's like, the Flat Earther Society, we have members all around the globe. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> all right. Well, if that's it for Total Recall, uh, Jesus Christ, recall. You know, this, I will say this, this was a funner conversation than it could have been, given how bad this movie was. It was more fun than the movie, for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for taking part. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm glad we got through it. Uh, so, if you like what you heard, if you like some goofiness, if you like some actually hearing us talk about maybe possibly better movies, uh, you can head over to the Patreon, cinemo- uh, patreon.com slash cinemodities, where Ben and I talk a whole lot of nonsense. Fan requests, movies we choose, adventure time, all that stuff. Check it out. Anything you want to say about the Patreon, Ben? Uh, yeah, come check. I mean, same shit Rob said. Come check Perfect. it out. It's good stuff. You, <laughs> you... Listened to this part. You, if you, if you, if you are here, then then you clearly like listening to us talk. I have to tell you, Ben. Over there, the whole time we've been doing the Patreon, it's been a dream. 
none of those episodes exist. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> well, me, my face, <laughs> my you, the key. You, I need you the key. A... Do I need the key? <laughs> it was all. Find dream. the key. You gotta get the key. That's the stupidest shit. If you have any thoughts on Total Recall, if uh, if you want to explain uh, the scientific accuracies of this movie. Uh, that Ben and I have missed, uh, please email us at cinemodities at gmail.com. We would love to um, have a, a, a crayon-written email. <laughs> I don't think that was in the recording, so no one will get that. But a crayon-written email will be preferred to complain about our thoughts on this movie. <laughs> yes, crayon-written. I like it. Um, and then, well, Ben, uh, well, now we only have one uh, remake left. And it's going to be a doozy. Uh, it's another one I haven't seen. It's the most recent out of all of these. We are going to be covering the remake of Matilda. Uh, it's a it's a oh, net, Netflix release. So I think it got theatrical, but I th- I'm pretty sure it's a Netflix movie. And uh, Ben, I don't know if you're aware of this. Uh, well, one, I should prime you by saying, which of course we'll talk about in the episode, in the discussion, uh, I really do love the original Matilda. It's my favorite uh, Danny DeVito movie. Uh, he directed it. It's a fantastic movie overall. It's a great Roald Dahl adaptation. I absolutely love it. In the episode we did it on it, I uh, definitely gush over it. The remake is a musical. Were you aware of that? <laughs> are, are you being serious? I am being serious. <sighs> <laughs> we are going to be talking some music. And it's going to be... It's going to be... Last time we did music was uh, probably Frozen. When the Unexpected Love, because I think is we this, did our music series before that. The, do, Frozen. Does Frozen. this qualify as a as a reimagining, even if it's exactly the same story but in musical form? Ooh, I guess I guess we will have to debate that, and we'll see how much time we have, depending on how much we hate that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, then I guess Ben, if there's nothing else, uh, you know, please throw it out if you got it. But uh, I I did not have any great thoughts on how to end this episode or what music we'd play in reverse, and I went with the uh, the tried and true. Uh, I couldn't care less answer, uh, the ending credits music in reverse. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that you were going to get an audio file of a child crying. Just sobs in reverse? See, that's, yeah, the, yeah. that's the problem. You can't play sobs in reverse because then it's like you're undoing the sadness. <laughs> this would have to be like laughter in reverse because you're undoing yeah. the happiness, you know? That's right. Or just straight that's up good. crying. Or we do the David Lynch thing where we get somebody to cry... We record it, and then we get the same person to use that recording to learn how to cry backwards. Right. And, and then, then record we record that. them crying backwards and then reverse it again. To get them crying forward. And then do it one, do that whole thing one more time to get it backwards again, and that's yeah. what we play at the end of our episode. <laughs> awesome. And we will definitely be able to do that in a reasonable amount of time. <laughs> what, five, ten minutes tops? Uh, and I think we can definitely also get Obama to do that for us, to be the person who does the, the, uh, the, yeah, he, the voice he's work. Yeah, he's hard up for, like, acting gigs and stuff right now. So. Yeah, you know, kind of kind of weird that, you know, after his gigantic role as, you know, like, in the American, you know, reality TV show that we live in, he didn't <laughs> move on to movies and stuff like that. Didn't move on to anything yeah. bigger. I mean, yeah. I mean, I know he's on things and stuff, but it's like, when are we going to get a... I don't know who would Obama play in the MCU. Why didn't they give Kang the Conqueror to him instead of Jonathan Majors? Oh boy! Could you imagine Kang. if they went to the quantum realm and the new Ant Man and Obama was there? 
Talk about revital- revitalizing Marvel and the MCU and all clear. the fatigue, the 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 superhero fatigue. The, Obama would revitalize the Marvel Cinematic Universe, any universe, any okay. any cinematic franchise. Here we go. The cinemodities only answer. Machanic three, a two hander with Jason Statham and Obama. What do you think? <laughs> a two hander? What is that? A two mean? like a two hander, like there's two leads to the movie. Oh, okay. you know? Okay. Yeah. Like like Obama, like Obama's not supporting, Statham's not supporting. They are both equally the, it's like the other guys with Farrell and Wahlberg. Like okay. that's a two hander. Like I, Statham I'm not familiar with the term, but I understand it. You are you look at this. You could picture it now. Picture it right now. Ben and everybody else, just think about this. Trailer starts in a movie theater like black screen i don't know maybe some quick action edits whatever because it's going to be an action heist movie jason Statham's going to be a hitman it's the mechanic of course and then it's like like words start flying towards the screen and it's like the action duo you've always wanted statham bullet shot sound effect obama drone strike sound effect <laughs> mechanic three I, I don't know, State of the Union or something like that, you know? <laughs> is Well, okay, so with the drone strike, it makes sense that Obama would be the villain in a mechanic movie. Uh, I'm no, not sure how we're going to make the, him the main character. Yeah, he'd have but, to be, they'd have to be a team. The first act would be them having to team up. Maybe they don't like each other at first. Maybe they, they would be like, I need to kill someone that's really far away. Maybe Arthur Bishop. Obama would be like, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Arthur Bishop is a staunch Republican. And he has to get past his political ideology different ideological differences with Obama in the first act. Is Obama playing himself? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. All right. Absolutely. Because <laughs> you can't. I mean, he's he's just typecast now. You know, you can't get Obama to not play Obama, Obama. You know. Um, so. Let me be clear. So I am Obama. I can hit him with a missile all the way over there. <laughs> and I, I'm going to be here. I'm going to stay here. He will be there, and he will get hit by a missile. And I will say, uh, "Bang, you're dead." <laughs> uh, everybody, check it out. Cinemodities Movie Slate, Cinemodities Studios, whatever the fuck we're calling it. Whenever we finally produce our our car sex porn video, we will get on to Mechanic Three. State. We can think of something better than State of the Union. State of the Union is pretty good. State of the Union is good, but like, or like Secret Service, or you know, it has to be something political. Like, because what isn't there a triple X State of the Union? I feel like we can't double dip oh, with State of the Union. Fair enough. Uh, we'll, we'll think of something. But there's something. There's a go- there's a great, dare I say, great subtitle somewhere out there, Ben, for that movie. <laughs> State. I'm. I just love that. I got the trailer in my head. I can pick. Like I said, you know, the, like Statham, Obama, <laughs> Summer 2024. You know. <laughs> I like the idea of being like Statham, Obama, and then later in the it's like Arthur Bishop, Obama. Obama. <laughs> That's great. I I think it's I think there's there's something great there, and uh, yeah. e- even maybe we just do the uh, we go the route of uh, we just make the trailer first because the trailer doesn't have to be that long. It can be it doesn't have to be like a full trailer. It could be a teaser trailer, and then we just shop it around and see how much money we can get. I would imagine that we could – okay, we might have to lie a little bit. I mean, we might have to tell a little white lie to the studio executives or whoever, the financiers, that Obama has agreed to be in this movie. <laughs> uh, a little white lie. We can iron that out later, Small. right? Yeah, yeah. A tiny, a tiny little lie. I mean, Obama's on Twitter. 
we just have to tweet them, we'll probably be good. I say we get everything else done before that. What do you think? That makes sense. I think I that's mean... I think that's proper planning. I think that's what that's defined as, right? N- no, but this is an example of it. <laughs> Um, no. <laughs> um, so tune in, everybody. Mechanic 3. Uh, the, the, were, you, were you hoping the subtitle just came Yeah, I was mind? hoping it'll come I, to me if you it say it, you know. occasionally, but it's, it's that, you know, it's, it's just, it's, you yeah. know, it's, it's there. Oh, Mechanic 3, the Olivator. No. <laughs> the me- Mechanic 3, Cubivating. <laughs> <laughs> the fall of Ader. The, f- right. the fall of Ader. That, okay, babe, that's enough. Email us. What do you got? You know, send us some some. Uh, what are your What are your thoughts on the subtitle for uh, Mechanic Three? Oh my God! Now I think we it should be just like Hobbs and Shaw. It should be Bishop and Obama or something like that. Bishop and Barack. Bishop and Barack rolls Very, off the tongue. That's pretty. Yeah, it does. Mechanic Three. Bishop and Barack. State of the Union. <laughs> <laughs> How many colons are there? Like, how many subtitles can we fit in? Oh, uh, the separation between every subtitle is a different punctuation. A, a so different delineate. Colon, semicolon, hyphen, m dash. So are you saying that we have as we have as many subtitles as we have delineators? Yes, definitely. Make it the longest movie title in existence. <laughs> we, we've got some work out of us. I mean, we're not cutting any corners here. We, we can't let the financiers see any cracks we have to be a unified front we have to show them we mean business we have to tell them obama's on board we can record ourselves doing an obama impression of be like this is obama this is a voicemail he left us and it's him accepting the movie role it'll be great that's not that cannot be considered fraud at all <laughs> yeah I think this is a good plan. You're right. I think this is a good plan, and I think that uh, everybody should tune in next week uh, because uh, in one week we will have this movie made, and uh, we will have watched it, and we'll be discussing it. (laughs) 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 So tune in next week for that. Matilda will do two weeks from then. Okay, what do you think about that? (laughs) Perfect.